Hey, JC, stop uploading porn. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, July 26, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 429er. This is No Agenda. Comparing Batman pictures here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the drone star state. It's Austin Tejas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the fog's rolled in, it's cold, it's chilly, and I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Bottom Buzzkill with the Stinger. Mm, tight. In the morning, in the morning. In the morning. Hey, uh, double, uh, double protection today. Uh, what? I double double protection. I uh, I purchased a uh, a Zoom uh, H4n recorder. Oh, yeah. Oh, the so. H4n. That's a nice, that's the big pro model. Oh, really? Well, it was cheap though. How much? It's like sixty nine bucks or something. H4n. Maybe that's not the one I'm thinking of. It's it, it. I mean, it's it's a pla- it's a kind of a plastic Is device. It the black one or the uh, silver black one? The silver black. Yeah. Silver. Yeah. Yeah. Silver. It's an old, silver it's an old one. Oh, I don't know. Let me look. <laughs> I got a, I got a refurb <laughs> more than Did likely. You? I don't know. I got it off of Amazon, but uh, I, I want to have, you know, I don't want to go through these issues of, uh, you know, the recording failing on the computer. You got that for 69 bucks. That's the big giant one. Yeah. With I, the two mics at the yeah, top. Yeah, 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 yeah. 69 bucks. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good deal. Yeah. Because that has uh, XLR jacks. Yes, it does, which is exactly why I wanted it. And because um, uh, yesterday I pretty much had everything come in for the mobile studio, the new mobile studio for our road trip. Oh, yeah. You definitely want to have this with you. Yes. Yeah, you can uh, do interviews with it. It's oh, a yeah. very good interview yeah. device. Hi, I'm on, a, I'm on the Hot Pockets tour. Could I ask you some <laughs> questions about your hometown? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Dude, what's that device you got there, boy? Doesn't look right. Yeah, hey, that ain't that ain't no military style recorder, is it? Because we can't have uh, slaves have a military anything. All right, let me just ask you a question, John, right off the bat. Because of course, uh, even though the world continues to turn and lots of things are uh, are happening, which we, of course we always try to discuss here on the No Agenda program, the best podcast in the universe, especially when uh, the uh, news in Gitmo Nation, United States, is nothing but the the Batman shooter. <laughs> now, now this is now. Of course, this whole thing has turned into a psychological warfare, which is just beyond beyond belief. In particular, well, I'll, I'll get to you know, the the two main things that this is being misused for. Um, but they keep showing two pictures. You got the the the, the original picture of James Holmes, right, where he has black hair and he's kind of has that kind of that goofy smile in the camera. Right. And then you have the one of him with orange hair. Now, I don't know why they're doing this so blatantly, but that is not the same guy. Look at his nose. I mean, just his nose alone. Like, did he get a nose job all of a sudden uh, in the meantime? That is not the same person. Well, that's an interesting observation. Well, you always have to be on the lookout for these things because they put that kind of stuff right up front, you know, to to the you know just to program yeah, so you, your so you brain. Over it. Yeah, so you get over it real quick. But do, do you have a picture anywhere of uh, just? Well, just, let me think. It wouldn't be that hard to do. <laughs> maybe just do Google um, picture Google of <laughs> James Holmes. But take a look at it. It's not the same person. 
And I don't understand why they're doing this. Look at him. Do you see his nose? He has a, uh, I'm trying to get these pictures up. Okay. In the old picture. Yeah, one guy's got a nose that's kind of flat. Flat, and yeah. It, it's a completely different guy, John. And the guy, well, it's a possibility he is a different guy. And with the red hair and the bug eyes and, and look the falling at his ears. asleep and he, all the rest of it. Completely different ears. And, well, the thing that's different about him is, seems to me, if we're going to go in this direction, which is not a problem, uh, here's a side-by-side. Side. Uh, one of them has a slightly upturned mouth. Yeah. And the other, this would be what I look at. As you well, said. no, but ears, this is why in mug shots they always show the ear. Ears are almost like fingerprints. No one has exactly the same ear. And just look at the lobe, uh, how, is, how the top of his ear points out, much more out on the, on the orange-haired guy. <laughs> I'm laughing because one of the... The images has got Obama giving him the Medal of Honor. <laughs> really? I didn't Some find Photoshop. Yeah. I didn't find that one. Oh, that's 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 coarse. <laughs> okay, but tell me that that is not the same dude. So who well, is I can, James? I can work with this. And you know, there's so many scripts, and I mean, I, I, too well, much. I have to a even... couple of real short ones that just crack me up. Okay, what I, you had got? The, I had the clip. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Unfortunately, I got so many clips. Uh, yeah. Besides, women on the view are idiots. Uh, he's got some good stuff. Uh, let's see. I don't have. Oh yeah, women on the view. Can we do that one or just to kick wait, wait, We can get that one out of the way. I got two of them. That's followed by another idiot because I do have a commentary that I don't want to get off the t- topic, but I do have something. I do have something. Okay, women on I the view. Do first. Yeah. Have something to say, and you can kind of take the cue from that. Let me, let me do women on the view are idiots first because you know there's nothing like stating the obvious at the top of the show. <laughs> Flake or fake? Is accused Batman movie killer James Holmes insane? Or was his whacked out courtroom demeanor all an act? The debate is raging. This could be a really good acting job. I think so. I think he's faking it too. (laughs) I do believe that you can be highly intelligent and also have a mental disease. Duh. 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 I do believe. Duh. Of course. And, you know, bad actors. That's what that's why they call them bad actors. This guy is. It's kind of funny, but that play. The thing that got me is, of course, is is what the one woman Hasselback saying. I do believe as if what do you mean? You do believe. And is it it an article of faith that that people can be smart and insane? I mean, you have to believe in that mental illness there. I'm sorry. I had to play the clip. What was that? Let me play it again. I do believe there is a serious mental illness there. <laughs> I do believe. I do believe. I, what does that even mean? I do believe. I, it, what is it? Is it different? It is apparently somehow different than believe. I believe there's a this. I do believe. It's an I have emphasis. no idea. I, the first time I started hearing it was from professional sports guys. Yeah, it was just like they didn't have a lot to say, so they padded everything. All right. So now, now before we get into any clips here. This is obvious now to me that there is a setup and some acting and a script going on. We already uncovered so much. On, and and I, I hate the, to be labeled a kook, <laughs> but it, there's no other way. I, I just look at myself. Yeah, I'm a kook, but this is I'm not that kooky. So what is the one hallmark of a staged event? Of a false flag. What is the and and I've only seen one article on I this. Mean, but you're going to have to answer the question: Is what kind of a crazy person would stage an event where you kill a bunch of people? <laughs> well, of course, I do believe that would be a crazy person. 
but the the thing that always is a tip off is when they have they the authorities have a drill on the same day with the same type of scenario. We've seen this with 9-11. Yeah, this We've seen this with 7 uh, This is your favorite meme. Of course. And here we have, uh, and I've only really seen one article from a, a local Denver publication. The tragedy that played out in Aurora movie theater Friday was ironically paralleled as a classroom learning experience in a medical school in Parker uh, held a drill the same day. Rocky Vista University College uh, in the, oh, there's the bad signal. Uh, Twitter was down. Uh, middle of holding specialized classes in disaster life support for 150 second year medical students along with responses to, here it comes, how to respond if a shooter fires at people in a movie theater. Ah, this is where my brain goes. Ah. And, 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 and of course, the lying M- MSM doesn't even, I mean, this is newsworthy, don't you think? Don't you think you could just mention it in, in <laughs> a report? something you might want to mention. Just for a second, just kind of let it, you know, say something. But what this has turned into, um, besides the fact that orange hair dye is bad for your mental health, uh, is, a, uh, is pretty much the smartest move the elites could make in disarming, certainly, the American population. Now, we, you know, already the freedom on speech is uh, freedom of speech is waning. You, know, you can't bully anyone. You can't uh, make fun of anybody. And you can't be nasty. Uh, this is now part of the Internet Freedom Act, signed, uh, ratified by the United States, uh, United Nations uh, international law. Uh, search and you know, the Fourth Amendment. Just picking people up off the street, droning them, that's already gone. So we have the Second Amendment. Um, And the way around the debate about what kind of guns people can have is so simple. And it really didn't hit me until I started to uh, hear a lot of these reports. Here's uh, Congresswoman Maloney. Well, I, I truly do believe that it's time for Congress to act, and I'm a she co-sponsor believes, do do believes. of a bill authored by my good friend and colleague, Carolyn McCarthy, that would ban um, the high-capacity ammunition. Okay, so that is uh, ban the ammo. Of course, a gun is not very good without ammunition. It's such a simple process. Here is Representative Schakowsky. Congresswoman Jan Schakowsky from Illinois is a strong advocate for gun control, and she joins us now. Congresswoman, it's good to have you here. And we learned uh, just from the police reports about what this shooter had. The three guns, one assault rifle, $6,000 worth of ammunition. 6,000 bullets. It was 6,000 bullets. Bullets. Correct, 6,000 bullets. Pardon me. But you are now calling on your colleagues to take action against gun violence. When you say that you are calling on your colleagues to do this, what specifically do you want to see happen? Well, I know that Carolyn Maloney, uh, Car- Carolyn McCarthy, whose husband was killed on the Long Island Railroad, a longtime gun uh, safety advocate, has suggested legislation, which I support. But really what we have to have is a national discussion about this. Do we think that an individual, any individual, needs to purchase 6,000 bullets online? No, bullets, bullets, bullets. It's, this, it's so incredibly smart. All you have to do is just take away the ammunition. That is that is the answer to the gun problem in America. Now, our own president, 
who, of course, is uh, going to support the United Nations Weapons uh, uh, Small Small Arms Transfer Treaty, which is uh, coming up in, uh, in just a matter of weeks. Uh, this And transfer, of course, means sale. Um, he throws out the other meme, which is just my, my favorite. The Second Amendment, John, is all about what? It's about the right to bear arms. No, 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 no. It's the right no. to hunt. The r- <laughs> <laughs> Listen. It's the right to I, like hunt. Most Americans believe that the Second Amendment guarantees an individual the right to bear arms. I think we recognize the traditions of gun ownership that passed on from generation to generation. That hunting and shooting are part of a, <laughs> a, a cherished national heritage. Hunting and shooting. <laughs> it's about hunting, John. It's not, it's, it's not about... Uh, uh, a well-armed militia or uh, anything like that. Uh, Mayor Bloomberg appeared on the Pierce Moron show uh, and they rolled in a clip from Ice-T, but Mayor Bloomberg has the same hunting meme. Everybody wants to preserve the right of uh, people that want to use guns for sport, hunting, or target <laughs> practice to have the right to do so. But- <laughs> yeah. You know, when the, when the founders uh, drew up this uh, Second Amendment, they said... What shall we do for the people, for the slaves? They should be able to hunt and practice target shooting. That's why they should have guns. This is a very good idea. Don't you think so? Yes, I agree, James. That's very good. That doesn't mean you have an assault weapon. That doesn't mean you have a rifle that's advertised as able to bring down a commercial airliner at a mile and a half. Excuse me, what rifle is advertised that can bring down a commercial airliner at a mile and a half? What what rifle is this? What rifle is this? I just need to know. It can mile bring, and a half. It can bring that down a hell of a shot. It can bring down you a commercial. A lot, of, lot of powder in that shell. I need to see this advertisement. This is great. I mean, what what is this like? A, it's going to bring down an airplane. Anti aircraft rifle. Uh, okay. And then, well, 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 you're going well, keep going. Well, let me but just I, finish I have this. a very interesting trick that they've also pulled. Well, let me just finish this because we have Ice T coming in this report. Oh, Ice T. That's thank right. This was God. A- thank God we have Ice T or bullets that are designed to go through a bullet resistant you don't need bullets vests those are very different things now th- oh, that yeah. would be my view entirely yes yeah, so i'm because i'm a british wimp that's why but let's watch what ice t mm-hmm. the the rapper said yesterday you can also call him an actor today about his interpretation mm-hmm. of the second amendment the right to bear arms is because that's the last form of defense against tyranny yay <laughs> It's Go! That's what it is. Yeah, he's right. And he goes on. Not to hunt, but hunt. It's to protect yourself from the police. Yes. Do you see any link between that and these sorts of incidents? No. No. Of course not. Nah. Not really. You know what I'm saying? If somebody wants to kill people, you know, they don't need a gun to do it. Makes it easier, though, doesn't it? Not really. You can use, uh, you can strap explosives on your body. They do that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ice-T. Thank you, voice of sanity. Of course, he lives in Jersey. This is why he's smart. You know, this is, the guy is smart. I mean, that's, that is the correct answer. This hunting bull crap, that is just crazy. Well, no, this is all part of a scheme. In that's fact, I was crazy. watching Van Cat. 
Who's and, Van Cat? Uh, Who's Van? Oh, uh, the, the the French, French Twenty Four. Yeah, and yeah. so they, you know, they're all over this too with uh, the clip here called Gun Control. Okay. So far, gun control has remained a minor issue on the campaign trail. Three months and a half ahead of the election, both Obama and his Republican rival Mitt Romney seem reluctant to give it more publicity. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, for good reason. Now, now here's the the, the kicker. I want, you, I want you to continue, but I, I got to throw this one in. Mm-hmm. This was on Newsroom. This is the first clip up there, the great counterproductive gun story. This was on Newsroom, and I I, I clipped this a couple of weeks ago, and I kept thinking about Wait, new, how, news, how to new, use new, it in the show. Newsroom is a fictional... Uh, Aaron Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. superstar uh, liberal... <laughs> um, yeah, it's got it's a propagandistic filled show that is not very good. No, but it's but it, I don't know if it has some entertainment value yeah. for us. Yeah. And uh, so, there, so I'm, I'm I, now I realize what they're doing here is this is like, what can you do to uh, not hurt Obama with his core, which are the people that watch the show generally and, and other uh, you know people that are just going to vote for Obama no, no matter what? What? can you do that would kind of send a signal maybe to get some some people who think obama you know is is bad for the country to think he might actually be good for the country in some funny weird way with a counterproductive argument that has that twists in the wind in all kinds of various ways that 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 i think kind of fits into this picture take a listen and radio host rush limbaugh has repeatedly warned to his listeners to go out and buy guns before president obama outlaws them all the result In November 2008, the month Mr. Obama was elected, there was a 42% spike in gun background checks as compared to the same month the year before. The country's largest anti-gun lobby is called the Brady Campaign to Prevent Gun Violence, named for James Brady, President Reagan's press secretary, who was shot in the head during John Hinckley's assassination attempt on the 40th president. The Brady Organization gives grades to elected officials based on their record and leadership with regard to gun legislation, with an A being the most anti-gun, and so on. In spite of Governor Palin, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, and the director of the NRA telling us emphatically that Barack Obama has a secret plan to get our guns, here's the president's report card. Background checks, F. Gun trafficking, F. Guns in public, F. Federal assault weapons ban, F. Standing up to the gun lobby, F. Not only has no attempt whatsoever been made to dismantle the Second Amendment during Barack Obama's first two years in office, the president has signed into law more repeals of federal gun policy than George W. Bush did during his entire eight years in the White House. In fact, these grades would indicate that President Obama is the best friend the NRA has ever had in elected office, to say nothing of the Oval Office. (laughs) I saw that. Isn't that beautiful? I think that they should just... um replace CNN with newsroom and just put it on a loop <laughs> and just have it looping around the whole time. That would be great. That would really be good. It would be better. <laughs> so um, everyone's checking in. This is a bonanza for all the contributors to uh, cable news. And uh, I haven't seen much European uh, news, but I'm sure it's very similar. But, of course, we pull out of the closet when you need someone for Homeland Security, when you need someone to wrap it all up in a tight little box, someone who might make devices that could you know, predict if you're a criminal, if you're crazy, or if you're a, uh, a terrorist, you got to get Michael Chertoff. Michael Chertoff, uh, former director uh, what's of... What's he selling this time? Well, he's... <laughs> Let me see if I have the clip somewhere. Uh, I can tell you exactly what he's selling. Here it comes. 
before it's a crime, it's pre-crime. Disabled there. And you, you realize that even the kinds of ingredients you can find in your own kitchen can be used to make bombs. So the problem here is with the people and not with the, with the tools. But I want to go back to something Bill Bratton said, which I think is really important. We need to understand more about the signs that show somebody is either becoming deranged or becoming a terrorist. Because there's a commonality we see again and again, which is a sudden change in behavior, usually some element of becoming more isolated and changing the way you relate to people. We've seen that with terrorists who became radicalized in Europe, and we've now seen it, of course, in this terrible tragedy. So we need to understand better how we detect the early warning signs. Last thing, David, is, you know, by coincidence this week there was a report on the Fort Hood shooting. And the question there again was, how come Major uh, Nadal Hassan was not detected earlier uh, before he committed the the horrible shootings at Fort Hood? And there again, it was, uh, in a sense, a failure of imagination. Uh, Here's somebody who was getting radicalized, who was communicating uh, with a terrorist over the Internet, and yet the people looking at that, somehow uh, they couldn't get their heads around the assumption that somehow because he was an army officer, he couldn't be uh, turning in, mm-hmm. in a bad direction. So we need to rethink our approach to this. So what uh, Chertoff will, of course, come up with is a uh, brain scanner that is going to see if you are uh, intent on becoming a terrorist, whether that's external or homegrown. We will find out if you're a terrorist, you see. Now, what's interesting about this is in a weird and twisted way, he's also kind of promoting... Um, Michelle Bachman's uh, initiative about uh, Sharia law and the purging of Homeland Security uh, 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 vocabulary, because the reason why, uh, the way I understand it, what's what's been reported, the reason why the Fort Hood shooting wasn't picked up was because, well, it was the political correctness of not just calling someone out because he happens that, to be That's what they Muslim. said over and over during happens that era. We were covering that very yes, close. Just happens to be Sleep. Muslim. Not because he was radicalized and that they saw that. That's not. That's just a lie. He's just not telling the truth there. Um, and, and so I have, uh, just going back to the whole script and the, and the setup and the, the acting of this, which is just so blatant. Here is a so-called eyewitness and I, um, this was not CNN, I'm not quite sure, this might have been, uh, I'm not sure what, what channel it was. And the eyewitness, um, it, it sounds like he works for intelligence, just the words he uses. Yeah, and, you, and, can't get out, you can't get out of the milieu that you easy. You can't, you know, and, and, and I'm not falling for it. So the question that is asked, what did you see? Uh, what I heard basically was the casualties of how many were injured, which it totaled out to a number of 71. Uh, the number total of deceased was 12, and I just couldn't believe the numbers and believing that I was there when it happened. I do believe? Did he say, I do believe? He said, I do believe, and he said casualties, and he's giving the stats, like he's reading well, the, the casualties. report. Nobody uses that word. No, and he's reading the report. But that's not the question. What did you see in the theater? It's, it's, it's just something you can't erase. You were inside the theater. Talk to me about precisely what happened uh, when, when, when you were when you were sitting when you were sitting there. When I was sitting in the theater, it was supposed to be just like it's supposed to be just a casual hangout night with my good friend. I arrived early, waiting for her to get there. And when and when I went there, I grabbed a seat. I the only seats were available was either the first row or the second row. I chose to sit in the second row, about precisely four seats away from the aisle. 
And I mean, who says that? I was four feet away from the aisle. Huh? He said four, he said four seats. Oh, I thought, I'm sorry, I thought I said four feet. Well, even that. Normal. I noticed the guy walked in from uh, into the auditorium, sat into the very front row to the far right, and... Now, the question is, he noticed the guy. Did he notice him because he had crazy orange hair? Did he have crazy orange hair? Because, you know, if, if it's this guy who uh, is different from the guy we saw before, I think he was a... Yeah, I saw the guy, and I was like, wow, that's some crazy orange hair you got. Yeah, but he didn't have orange no. hair in the shooting. No. He had that helmet on. No, he, no, 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 no. You don't hear what he's saying. The guy oh, walked the in. the first time. Because there were two people involved, John. That's why. So the guy walks in. He sits down. He gets a phone call. He seemed like a normal person. Just- normal person, not crazy orange hair. Normal person. Like anything at all. He got a phone call, and most people, when they get phone calls in theaters, they go straight out into the lobby to answer it. This person went went directly to the emergency exit to take his phone call, which I thought was unusual. Uh, he seemed like he had his door, he had his foot propped open by the door, and from the crack, it looked like he was signaling somebody or looking for somebody to come his way. Yeah, the guy with the orange hair. There were two people here. Well, that could be, but it's... Seems that this whole thing seems rather weird because who the I mean I've been to the movies you have who's paying attention to all this crap? Is he talking to the person you're with or you're yeah, yeah. waiting? His for good the friend, damn movie his, to start. His good friend. Let's continue. I, once again, I didn't think nothing of it, so I went back to watching the trailers. My friend had informed me that she had arrived to the location, so I went. Tra- and hold on, my a friend had informed hold me. On a the trailers were running. Yeah. He was in this big theater, and yeah. it, when the trailers are running, that's except for, I mean, the trailers do light up the theater a little bit, but the place isn't lit. It's generally dark. No, 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 no. I disagree. Sometimes during the trailers, it's uh, it's dim, but it's not completely dark. I've never seen that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's because people are still walking in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not entirely dim. But listen to what he's saying. Listen to the police language. Nothing of it, so I went back to watching the trailers. My friend had informed me that she had arrived to the location. My friend had informed me she had arrived to the location. She's arrived at his location. Breaker <laughs> twenty four. <laughs> What's your ten twenty, friend? <laughs> you got hey, yeah. This yeah, is your friend. Ten twenty. Hello. Let's. <laughs> I went and met with her and brought her back to the theater. Batman started about fifteen to twenty minutes into the, to the movie. The emergency door swings open. A guy walks in, probably about five eight, five nine, walks in. When you're in the theater, you can't tell how tall someone is. You're you can if you're in, an expert. Yeah, well, of course. He's wearing all black, a helmet. Now listen to this. What do you sound like? Listen to the description. I want you to tell me what the if what it sounds like he's describing. Like a helmet, a gas mask, and he is wearing armor, black armor. He looks like he has a gun strapped around his neck, and he threw something into the audience. I had no idea what it was, but it apparently found out it, when it went off. It sounds to me like he's describing a cop in riot gear. Yeah. Not, well, not. they they kind of explain that away. I was watching uh, uh, Inside Edition, which has some of the weirdest. <laughs> Only because uh, Victoria Ricano's on it. Are you watching that show? No, it's not wise because it's on the machine. <laughs> uh, but I didn't even know she was on it until the yeah, episode. She's back. She's back on that. Yeah, she's back. It's. I think she got started there, and she yeah. <laughs> she yeah. got out of there, made a fortune on that crazy Insider show, and then now had to go yeah, back. She's back. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing, but whatever the case. Uh, 
there uh, they talk about this uh this what you just said they 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 found a way to to rationalize around it and it was the apparently the guy and this whole the, the whole capture of the guy is still sketchy but the guy goes roaming around supposedly looking like he's on a, a SWAT team and they 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 said well the locals saw him in this SWAT team outfit and he tried to blend in with them which <laughs> Yeah, I'm blending in. Really? Which is like what the SWAT team was there. I mm-hmm. mean, you got him out of bed. I mean, this makes no sense that this would all be happening, right? At the same at twelve thirty in the morning. They, so he tried to blend in with them, but they spotted him immediately because. And then they had this. They had a, a picture, and then they had an arrow because he had this thing around his neck, which was a protector to get in case he had shot in the neck. Mm-hmm. And he had one around his groin. He had another some sort of special piece around his groin. And they yeah. locals, the local cops, spotted that as bogus, <laughs> and they knew he, they he wasn't one of them. Really? Look, so all I, all I know is. When you're there and you see a guy come in and you say, nothing out of the ordinary, yet he has orange hair, then it's someone else. So maybe it's these two guys. And, well, there's a thought that there was two guys, but they well, then, then listen to the report. Of course, it's, it's at least two people. And by well, the way, why does this guy um, who goes uh, to school in California or went to school in California and is in Colorado, why does he have Tennessee license plates? Oh, help, I missed that one. Help me understand that. Yeah, you can see it on all the footage. It's Tennessee license plates. I like license plates. That's why. Huh. Well, I think the whole thing is summarized best. <laughs> Here, like, it comes. Again, the, Here it comes. The inside, the, uh, inside edition with this. Read the, the clip is Colorado Blotter where they brought. This is where you bring in an expert and you say, hey, babe. Throw every meme in the book. He's looking at violent oh. movies. He's looking at violent video games. He's looking at fantasy games. He's putting it all together so that he can now go back, get back at society and have this big day in the sun. He's looking at video games. He's looking at fantasy games. He, he, he wasn't a gamer. <laughs> the whole, now they're going to start blaming video games again. By the way, please, there is no reason for you to take... Your kid, who is like three, four, five years old, babies, to a midnight showing of a violent movie. There isn't, yeah, I, this is, yeah. this is abhorrent. No, that six-year-old story, that, I was going to mention that at the last show, which is, it's a PG-13 film that's violent. I took I, either JC or Jay once to, uh, it was like Terminator 3 or some horrible movie and when they were around six or seven. And they were mad at me. Yeah. And was, of course, I didn't take them at midnight. It was like some matinee or something. But it was a, it was a, I thought it was going to be okay. I forgot what movie it was, but it was the pretty gory. And the kid, little kid, I, maybe it was they <laughs> were maybe nine years old, but they did not enjoy the experience. And they were grousing at me about it. And <laughs> six years old, see this thing? Well, that sounds pretty screwy. But it's the impressions... No, it's on bad. The young mind is, I would I mean, never take a, a kid to a movie I mean, like I this. Ma- I made the seminal mistake when Christina was born in 1990. And when was the, the first Gulf War? 91, 92? Uh, yeah. So I would be sitting on the couch watching CNN, watching the live footage uh, with my daughter in her, in her little rocking chair next to me, you know, in her little uh, baby seat. And a few years later, she developed a rather unhealthy obsession with doom. 
which he called bullets. And I had to stop that. I had to intervene. I'm like, where did this come from? And I think it was because she was there watching war with me. You know, this is not good for your kid. What, whatever you do, don't do that. Anyway, judge says cameras will not be allowed to uh, film any court proceedings. No, of course not, because then we'd see that the whole thing is bogus and it's the wrong guy or it's a different guy or the only one of multiple guys. It's all a big cover up. But again, Kibono, I think uh, this is still all about the uh, United Nations uh, small arms transfer treaty. That is yeah, coming and, up. and meanwhile, the newsroom gets Obama off the hook with of that course. with the story, yeah, and so he's course. a good guy. Of course, he's, he's, he's a great not guy. Going after your guns. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. All right, man. Let's thank some uh, producers. We got some for our program for today. Yes, we do. Yeah, we have one executive producer and uh, quite an excellent. What do we got here? One, two, one, two, three, four, five associate executive producers. That's nice. nice. That's very nice. Joseph von Sponge. Uh, von Spanje. Von Spanje. Which is Dutch for from Spain. Is he from Spain? Well, it says Joseph from Spain. That's what. Just so you know, the Dutch names are all crazy because when Napoleon rolled in, he made everyone in the lowlands register. And uh, and a lot of people don't know this. And then people went in, you know, it was like, oh, I'll just say I'm uh, I'm Jan's son. So that became Janssen. Uh, I'll say. You know, I thought, but I thought that was a tradition in the Nordic cultures to be this, the, like in uh, yeah, uh, the, Iceland, you have a lot of sons and daughters. Well, first of all, there's not that much difference between, uh, certainly in those days, between the Nordics and the and the Lowlanders. Yeah, but this was this but, predates Napoleon. But there, but you know there, but there are some uh, you know like this name. You say, I'll just say I'm from Spain. So I'm from Spain. Hi, I'm Joe from Spain. I'm Joe from Spain. But there's some really crazy ones like Lick My Butt. Uh, you know, these, and these names, <laughs> I'm not kidding. And these names I still propagate. It would make sense if you were forced to like sign up. <laughs> like, hey, I always write Donald Duck when I hey, sign Matt, a petition. I'm drunk. D-Duck. Hey, 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 Pete, I'm drunk, man. Let's go sign up for Napoleon's registry. What are you going to call him? I'm going to say I'm, 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 I'm Pete Lick My Butt. <laughs> and then th- three generations later. <laughs> Or someone stuck with that stupid name. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'll, I, sh- no, I should get I, a list. It's, it's, it's a believable thing. I should. Oh. Okay, anyway, uh, Joseph from Spain is in Plano, Texas now, so he should be Joseph from Plano, Texas. Yeah. Uh, 42933. Donation for the 429 show, which is this show. Please add a de-douching and a karma shot. Hope to be at the Dallas Slave Meetup on yeah. Saturday. Is there going to be a yeah. slave meetup there's, on Saturday in yeah. Dallas? Yes, there's going to be a slave meetup. The slaves are meeting. Yes, looking forward uh, to it. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. So let me give you a couple crazy Dutch names. Ass Man. Ass Mountain. <laughs> That's funny because Ass Man, is, is it got uh, into the wild. It's all over the world now. Mm. Your letterman used to uh, bring find Ass Men in various phone books. And then point at it. Here, together, um, you know, antenna, up. antenna, apple, apple tree, ap- <laughs> apple, apple man, apple milk, uh, ow. I'm just going alphabetically. Uh, buckfish, which is a uh, uh, you know a, fr- a fish you fry. Uh, uh, let me see. Uh, bear paw, beast man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you. Oh, here we go. Uh, butt cheeks, butty. 
I'm translating on the fly, obviously. Blowpipe. <laughs> blowpipe. Uh, I'm Bertus Blowpipe. This is great. This is a very, very funny list. Uh, Christ, uh, short liver. <laughs> That's the one of the drunk dudes. Yeah, man, my, my liver not going to have him call myself short liver. <laughs> dead beer, dead home. Ah, oh, this is this is a great list. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so it's so okay. So from Spain is uh, is mild, and he should be from Plano. And I hope to see you at the meetup Saturday, Joe. Thank you very much for supporting the value for value work that we do here. Uh, Dwayne Cawthron in Austin, Texas. That's he's he says. Uh, I love the show. Please plug my new iPhone app, Camera DC, made in Austin, Texas by StudioDC.com. I can see Adam in my binoculars now. <laughs> if Adam could take one step to the left, I could see Miss Mickey, too. You know, I was given a pair of binoculars from uh, Lex. Remember we stayed at his house? Lex Luthor? Lex Luthor. And it's, have you ever, I'd never, uh, I don't know much about binoculars. But There's these not are, much to know. Well, uh, it has... Hydrogen optics? Hydrogen optics. Yeah, there's hydrogen in it. Yeah. It says it right. Yeah. I've never heard of this. Yeah. Let me yeah, so hold on a second. Hydro, Stop hydro, the show. Hydrogen optics. Here, hydrogen loading for fiber. Let me see. Hydrogen optical fiber tip acoustic optics. resonator. So what brand is this? It's a bogus brand. Hydrogen no, no, no. It's made by Stork, the military guys. Hydrogen darkening is the only thing. I can... Here, it's uh, the brand I got is nothing here. I listen, looked it up on the Google, and the brand optics brings me zip. The brand is Binolt. Bravo Yankee, November Oscar Lima Yango Tanky, a tanky, tanky. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Just give me the real letters. B y n o l y t. Binolt. Binolit. Whatever it is. Binolit. Binolit, binoculars. Binolit. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Binoculars. There's some sort of, uh, it looks like they're made in, uh, well, I got a. They're Dutch. Some translation. They're Dutch. Yeah, yeah that's they're, what it looks like. Yeah, Stork is the big military produ- uh, production. Uh, so somebody gave you some Dutch binoculars yeah. with hydrogen optics. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Boy, they, got, they pulled the wool over your eyes on that one. I don't think so. I think. Yeah, eh, hydrogen optics. You don't know. You don't know, Jack. I don't. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll check out the... Alan uh, Boulderoff in One Tree Hill, South Australia, 222. 22. Drunk donation from AJ2. I donated before and it has to be called AJ2. You screwed up. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Last donation was 1111, so I guess I double it up. It did. Our carub- carbob tax... Is working because it's freaking cold here in Oz. <laughs> I love you guys. This being the best podcast in the universe, anywho. <laughs> I love you guys. You made me so depressed. It reminds me, I used to have a job crushing cans, but I had to quit because it was so depressing. Uh, get it? I'll be here all the week. Anywho. I want some shut up slave to the head karma or non-denominational goodness for goodness for me and my little human resource. The latest is only one 
but she's listening and we'll be able to do the shut up slave soon. <laughs> Thanks. Shut up, slave. You've got karma. Good one. Sir Keith Brown in Spring, Texas, $200. Uh, with no comment, really. He says, a little help for the Hot Pockets 2009 thank tour. You, thank we got you, a lot of Texans you. donating. All right. Yeah, Good well, work. Because we're, uh, we're rolling through with the Lone Star State, man. We get we start off Saturday morning in Austin with a, a send-off meetup. I thought you were going to be in Dallas for a slave meetup. Saturday morning is the send-off, and uh, Mike, uh, producer Mike, is arranging that. How are we going to do the show? Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Said Sunday. I said Saturday. No, the second time you you said Sunday in there. So <sighs> I was confused. Go on. Okay, so you leave, and then you have, where are you going to do the show? Well, then we drive to Dallas. Yeah. Producer Dave Koss is um, organizing the slave meeting, and um, we're staying at his place. And he's got a Cat Five. He's rolling out the window. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, sounds better than what you've got. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, you don't got you know anything. Well, maybe. John Richard in New Orleans, New Orleans, Louisiana. Happy Hot Pockets. You could spare a random smattering of sound clips for a new house and work karma. That'd be bitching, he says. $200. In the morning. Karma. Nothing beats in the morning. Uh, Richard Garrett in Thunder Bay. $200, Canada. It's my second donation since show 374 where I asked for some job interview karma and a douchebag call it to my buddies who would rather be watching CNN instead of listening to No Agenda. I don't get I didn't get the job, but that's okay because karma works in mysterious ways. Since then, I passed my political science introduction course with a 91 and was accepted as a full-time university student for this coming September. Got approved for some tuition funding from the government oh. and will be going on a leave of absence for my bullcrap mailroom job. <laughs> and the best part, I turned a sexy mama listener Onto the show. Woot. Send On pictures. That note, can I get a douchebag call out to Stephen Harper? Douchebag. Dalton McGinty? <laughs> douchebag. And all my boner friends who are still watching CNN? Douchebag. And as a combo, uh, follow the pipes, MILF karma shot to my smoking hot lady friend, Miss Karen, who after listening to the Pipeline episode is now absolutely hooked. I love the show and propagate the formula every day. Please keep keep doing the good work you guys do and hear some more of you guys hitting the CBC state news broadcaster in the mouth. You guys rock. Ah, oh, it's so kind, man. Here you go. Uh. Follow the pipe. That's one mother I'd like to. You've got karma. And those are our uh, producers, executive producers, and associate executive producers for show 429. I want to remind everybody they can also be an executive or associate executive producer by jumping on board at Dvorak.org slash NA. ChannelDvorak.com slash NA if you can't get there from here. Uh, also, you can click on the donation buttons on both the uh, No Agenda Show dot com site and noagendanation.com yes and a special thanks to nick the rat who provided the uh, artwork for the previous episode we always love the work that our artists do you can uh, see all of it at uh, noagendaartgenerator.com and uh, looking forward to what we're seeing uh, later on today as we put that together and yes these credits are real not bogative which means uh, unlike the phonies in hollywood if you need someone to vouch 
for the fact that you are a producer, an executive producer or associate executive producer, we'll be happy to talk to him on the phone. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. And of course, you can always do one very important thing, which is propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. She never grows old. She just doesn't. She doesn't. Wow. Um, holy moly. There's, uh, there's a lot going on outside of, uh, outside of what uh, is being reported, obviously. Um, I'm not quite sure. Well, maybe a good place to start is, uh, is Euroland. I was actually listening to the Dvorak Horowitz Unplug show. And uh, I think uh, you guys were talking about it or... It was only it was short, but I thought it warranted another mention here on the No Agenda show. The uh, the ESFS, that's the bailout fund that uh, has been put together and soon to be followed by the ESM, the European Stability Mechanism, has been downgraded in its credit, which I think is just funny. Well, <laughs> well, it's actually funnier. I have a clip that uh, just the interesting development. Element with Moody's clip kind of puts the the, the guys. This, this is another f- uh, foreign uh, news broadcast, but they were just baffled by this. Uh, what am I looking at here? Interesting development with Moody's. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, you cut out a little bit on Skype. Here we go. Uh, oh, talking sorry. about concerns about a possible negative uh, revision uh, for of all people of all countries, Germany. Uh, Holland and uh, Luxembourg. Obviously, uh, issues there spreading across the Eurozone. Moody's there calling into question Germany, which would have seemed unthinkable at the start of this crisis, of course. And it gets even better because um, the German Supreme Court has said, you know, we're not quite ready for that uh, European stability mechanism, which is supposed to be done. You know, this is supposed, this is supposed to be, this is what... The big jump was uh, a couple of weeks back is because of this ESN, which has already been moved up uh, almost a year and a half. So the German Supreme Court is delaying that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, from uh, Gitmo Nation Oops. East, the UK, deep recession. <gasps> really? It's about time. So uh, they're all screwed, the slaves over there. But this I thought was very funny that... Um, uh, both Robert De Niro and John Travolta are vacationing in Greece. Huh. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's pretty much a sure sign that uh, the elites are in. Why else will these guys be hanging out there? You know what I mean? Yeah, and what are the two, what's, the, are they vacationing together? <laughs> it's, I don't think so. Um... But it, the pictures look very similar when you uh, <laughs> when when you see in the background. It, they could be vacationing together, actually. Now that I look at it, let me just take a look at this. Uh, uh, swapping the silver screen for the golden beaches, Robert De Niro and John Travolta are in Greece on holiday with their families. For the stars, the economic woes affecting the population seem far away. Art imitates life. They're Hello. looking for uh, they're island shopping. Here it is. The pair will star in the upcoming film Killing Season, where Travolta plays a European tourist. Okay, so what they're doing is they're 
they're they're having a little vacation before they. It's cheap now, you know, to shoot in Greece. <laughs> I think they get lots of tax breaks and cheap yeah, labor. Yeah, it's probably probably a money maker. And I think they are the island, island shopping. shopping. <laughs> I mean, they're just going to put these islands up for sale. This is what's going to happen. I, you, I, I'm putting it in the book. Within the, within the next year or two, one of these two guys will own an island in Greece. <laughs> Let's listen to the report. Oh, I've been to this hotel. I know exactly where this is. It's a shitty hotel. Well, they're just panning. This is a nice... Oh, there's Bobby. Hello, Bobby. Say something. <laughs> it's just him with his stupid sailor cap on looking into the sea. Looking at an island. <laughs> oh, why that one? I like it. Oh, is it? oh here we go. Well, I'm a trainee pilot. Yeah. Yeah, it's just bullcrap. Just PR for the movie. But yeah, I think it's good. Didn't we already have something in the book for island shopping? No, we didn't put it in the book, but we we, we discussed it because no. it, it came up in one of the news reports that they they may have to sell off the islands. <laughs> so now, um, right now, and this is very interesting. This is kind of the the new world order uh, psychological operations. We have the big four in Europe, the big four, John. You know, we have GH, G twenty, all this stuff. Now we have the big four. The big four, of course, are. Well, I don't know. Let me guess. The big four. <laughs> now, is this the European big four or is this a world big four? They're in Rome, and it's the European big four who are in, in Rome to solve the crisis because the okay, big well, that four. That would have to be Germany. Yeah, that's Merkel, indeed. Uh, then it would have to be France. Uh, yes, Hollande, correct. And then Great Britain. No, they're not great. great. Britain's been left out. Not okay, one of the big four. They're, not the, they're not in the Eurozone, so they don't count. Right. Okay, so so let me think. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, well, there's that's only, two the only two that are important. No, it's the big four. What are the other two big economies in Euroland? Well, I guess it would have to be Spain. Yes, that's right. And do we know and his name? Italy. Yes, correct. So it's uh, Monty from Italy and Rajoy from Spain. But, but the way this is being positioned, these are just like elected people. These are not like superheroes. They're going to get the big four. The big fours in Europe are going to solve everything. And of course, it's very reminiscent of the big three. And this is why they do this, which, of course, was uh, Churchill, Roosevelt and Stalin. Uh, right. When they had their big three meetings. And so now it's just in Malta. That's right. And so now it's expanded to the big four. Ooh, yes, we all should be impressed. But I don't even. Yeah, go on. But you're, I'm just it's telling. A joke. Yeah, it's a joke. But the way it's being positioned in, in the papers I'm reading is, you know, the big four, the big four. They're in Rome. They're going to fix it. They're going to fix nothing. And all you're going to get is war in Europe. Well, that's yeah, inevitable. I don't know how it's going to go, but it's inevitable. Yeah. And, of course, we'll have to come in and, f- and save the day. <laughs> That'll annoy all our European listeners. Is that the third time? Is that the third time we're using the script? <laughs> we got to come in every single time. We got to come in and save the day. And Switzerland will be out of the whole thing and collecting the money. Which is so interesting. Switzerland has come up a couple times uh, in light of the uh, Aurora shooting. You know, in Switzerland, I think everyone 
has a has a rifle and receives training every household if i'm not mistaken yeah oh no yeah everyone you got every, the, the switzerland is uh, everyone's up to their ears in guns and uh, how many people get killed by guns in switzerland i don't know probably an accidental death once yeah. in a while <laughs> very very few so it's just an interesting model to look at and also prohibiting no 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 shh shh oh, shh Ix- don't talk about Ixnay and the ungay um, just, just look at how uh, the war on drugs and and uh, prohibition of drugs. How's that worked out? Hasn't that been great? I mean, let's let's try the same thing with guns. Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. Anyway, a lot of drone news, uh, John. Uh, there was okay. this, yeah, there was a, there was a a big meeting uh, up on the hill, a big conversation about drones, domestic drone use, and. Uh, you know, so it was like two and a half hours of this crap. And the first half, I kid you not, was the douche knuckle who we exposed. Uh, um, this must have been two months ago now. The guy from UT at, in Austin, the professor um, who spoofed the drone with his students. Oh, yeah. Humphreys. And this guy... He is so on the payroll of the military-industrial complex. He's all about just we need more, we need better, you know, we need encrypted GPS signals. And and he's, a, you know, really being delightful and kind and funny and witty. You just want to yeah, punch, a, punch him in the he's nose. He's almost like a PR a guy. total PR guy. We know what he was, he was doing over there in... Uh, um, in uh, what's the other college he went to? Um, I don't know. What's his name again? We'll put him in the book of knowledge. Humphreys. Humphreys. I could look it up. Anyway. Humphreys. So so he's given all kinds of like, you know, and and our congressmen and women are such idiots. I mean, just read a pamphlet before you come in. So you know a little bit about how drones work and a little bit about GPS. Just, uh, I I beg of you, just a teeny weeny bit. So we have, um, uh, can't remember some douchebag congressman who's like, I find this so amazing. It's so wonderful. Yeah, I, I'm so. Oh, did you know that Todd Humphreys is a Mormon? Yeah, we talked about that. Remember? Oh, did we? I can't remember that. Yeah, okay. because he had you know, and that's yeah, why. So he like, it looks like such a nice guy. Well, that's why he's in the drone business because the Mormons have everybody's details in their big database. And he's gonna he's gonna help he's gonna help build the autonomous drones that come and hunt you down and shoot a hellfire in your ass. That is why this guy is up there. So listen to the question and listen to his answer. Hello, I. What the hell is that? Hello. Hello. That's that's wrong. Whoa! Wait a minute. I don't tell me I screwed that up. Hold on a second, John. Uh. Wow. It you was, better have some drone stuff. You yeah. plug the drone here we go, thing here we go. Twitter. Let's, let's try this. Fascinated by this. I, I, I was sitting here thinking that we may have all of these things in the environment zinging all around every place when you zinging. watch what used to be science fiction. I'm not sure it's as much fiction now as it used to be. But I was trying to figure out the utilization and utility. This this is a U.S. congressman. 
<laughs> I'm trying the big to, balls. Apparently, I'm trying to figure out uh, what. Well, what can we use the drones for? All right, here we go. Uh, what's the usefulness? What's the Stop with the harmonica. You're going to miss the best part. <laughs> I'm listening. It sounds like it should be with a harmonica in the background. Some old guy playing it. <laughs> On a porch with yeah, a dog totally. and some whiskey. Like it's a good guy is such a slow talker. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Of the continuous development of this technology. It's a great question. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute, let me get this right. What can drones be used for? That's a great question. John, go ahead and say it. Was this Humphreys that said great question? Yes, yes. Oh, brother. Yes. Great question. That's not a great question. Okay. Now listen to his answer. There are, in fact, a lot of great uses to which these drones could be put. I particularly... Wait a minute. I want you Great. to guess. Is this guy from Silicon Valley? He might as well be. What do you think some of the great uses are? Come on. I, I just got to ask you before you hear what his great uses are. Uh, remote control cooking. Oh, you're so close. <laughs> Here we go. To which these drones could be put. I particularly want to use them in our research so that we can do better um, detection of, of interference sources in the GPS radio bands. And I'll confess also that I'm looking forward to a day when I could get a burrito delivered to my doorstep. There you go. I'm going to send a Dorito from a drone? Is he kidding us? <laughs> this is a professor at University <laughs> of Texas. a burrito? <laughs> hey, what's that drone? Oh, no, it's shooting. It's shooting a burrito. It's like a Simpsons episode. <laughs> burrito. I could just see Homer Simpson having a burrito all right, all right. shot you got into a clip his... of the day right there. Really? Come on. I already got Oh, that's nice. Okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'll take what I can get. Clip of the day. All right. So let's just listen to the rest of his answer. I'll just take burrito. it back so we can hear the burrito again. That's also that I'm looking forward to a day when I could get a burrito delivered to my doorstep from a, a, a drone that uh, does takeout delivery. Uh, other types of uses could be in monitoring power lines, of course, monitoring the border, helping to uh, surveil situous, uh, uh, difficult situations like a, a SWAT um, attack against uh, uh, somebody who's who's uh, got a hostage situation going ongoing, so I see the, these as being very useful. And I would not want to put the brakes on the the plan the FAA has to roll them out in the future. I would simply want to hold the FAA to the language of the act passed back in February, so that we safely accelerate the adoption of these UAVs into the national airspace. So here's the guy. Who, of course, Wired's Danger Room, the spokes hole online of the Pentagon, uh, expose, oh, drones are hijackable. This guy is all for the drones, you see. He wants the drones. He wants it to be done safely, which, of course, plays right into the FAA's next-gen project, which is already a billion dollars over budget, now $2 billion. It's going to take five more years. We're going to have encrypted uh, GPS signals. A whole new system has to go up. That's going to be $100 billion more. Also, this guy can get a burrito fired into his ass. This is 
the, the shillage that is going on, and, and we have it in the book, mark my words, we're going to, in the meantime, in the interim, because it's taking so long, five years will turn to 10 years, will turn to 15 years, we're going to have to have auto- autonomous drones that don't rely on uh, GPS signals per se. You watch, this is going to happen. I personally can't wait for the drones. I can't wait to 2015 because you and I, John, we're going to be rich, 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 rich. I mean, like, leave your wife rich, John, you and me. And how are we going to do that? Win, lose, or draw. That's right, everybody. Welcome your hosts, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. Today, who are we going to shoot a burrito at from our drone? Everybody, it's time to play. Win, lose, or draw. So you just needed to play that clip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So not everyone agrees with this. Uh, Congressman Poe from Tejas uh, jumped up in front of uh, the House and he uh, took his uh, five minutes. I'll just play a, a short little bit. And if we want, we can play the uh, uh, the I got like two and a half, two minutes, 42 seconds might be end of show clip because uh, he's just that good. Uh, he uh, doesn't like the dronage. And of course, not because he's from Texas. Mr. Speaker, for years, the United States has used drones to track terrorists overseas, catch outlaws along the border, and other lawful purposes. But now thousands of drones are headed to the homeland. The FAA plans to allow expanded use of drones to operate nationwide by the year 2015. It is estimated by 2020, 30,000 of them will be flying in American skies. Yes, Mr. Speaker, the drones are coming. Win, lose, or drone! The drones are coming! <laughs> they be coming. And they be coming. They do be. They do, I do be believe they be coming. Um, but along the uh, Drone Nation news, some uh, more serious stuff. Uh, first of all, we updated the kill list, killlist.curry.com. Twelve suspected militants droned in uh, Pakistan. So not, not even confirmed. They were just suspected. <laughs> and this is according to Reuters. It's a great... Hey... What do you th- it's Tuesday. It's time for our Tuesday terror meeting and with the president. Uh, Mr. President, we think these guys, uh, we suspect them of being militants. Okay. Put them on the list. So we've updated uh, killlist.curry.com uh, for you. Um, then there's lots of articles, obviously, about the uh, uh, next-gen air traffic control system, which, of course, uh, not just uh, vulnerable because of uh, the drones being hijacked using the same uh, system, uh, but also crashing into each other. Uh, you know, someone could hack into a commercial airliner because, of course, we'll have no pilots on board to take over, obviously. And uh, this is already happening. Uh, dangerous uh, operations in Somalia. Drone operations. There's so many drones now, according to this report <laughs> from the United Nations, a U.N. report. The skies over Somalia have become so congested with drones. <laughs> Can you believe this? That unmanned aircraft pose a danger to air traffic. <laughs> this, so, this is Somalia. <laughs> We're it, out of control. Of course, it's Djibouti, right? Djibouti is where we have the, the drone base. And right along those lines, I might point out, the president uh, came out with an executive order. Uh, let me just find his executive order. Here we go. Uh, taking additional steps to address the national emergency with respect to Somalia. 
Now, I was expecting it to say, we have so many drones, we have to call a national emergency. You know, a national emergency means that we here in the United States, the homeland needs to be protected. And the president says in this executive order, in view of the United Nations Security Council resolution, blah, 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 to address blah, 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 uh, the misappropriation of Somali public assets and certain acts, certain acts of violence committed against civilians in Somalia, like people droning them, perhaps, all of which contribute to the deterioration of the security situation and the persistence of violence in Somalia by Al-Shabaab, I hereby order... All property and interests uh, that are in the United States that hereafter come with the United States or hereafter come within possession or control of any United States person, including any foreign branch of the following persons, are blocked, may not be transferred, paid, exported, withdrawn, or otherwise dealt in. So that means taking the money away. This is what we're good at. Also, any person determined by the Secretary of the Treasury in consultation with the Secretary of State to have engaged in acts that directly or indirectly threaten the peace, security, or stability of Somalia including but not limited to Djibouti, which is where we have our drone base. So uh, this is the clamp down. We've seen this a million times. And Somalia is on the list. It's on the West Clark 7. So that makes total sense that we uh, start to ramp that one up. And then finally, and this one really um, makes me angry. Uh, You'll never see a report about this. This is uh, HR 13... Three five, also known as the Airman Bill of Rights. So apparently we need a Bill of Rights. Uh, you can, just having a license to fly is not enough. And um, this is to, I guess it's to remove pilots from aviation altogether. There's only half a million, li- yeah, it's like 500,000 licensed pilots in the United States. It's not a lot when you think about it. No. And I'm one of them. Um, so Federal Aviation Administration enforcement proceedings and elimination of deference. So this is all about uh, fining, penalizing, jailing pilots, which are known as airmen. Revocation of airmen certificates for controlled substance violations. Uh, so essentially, if you uh, are smoking a joint anywhere, whether you're flying or not, whether you're not flying for a month, if they catch you, you will lose your license. Um, we have here emergency order pending judicial review. Uh, no, that wasn't that interesting. Hold on. This is very funny. The goals of the NOTAM improvement program. And and I'm not quite sure this is going to be, well, here's what I'm sure. This is going to be another $18 million website. So NOTAMs are notice to airmen. And there's a database. And before you fly, you basically uh, go into the database and you just pull out these uh, NOTAMs. We'll just say like, hey, there's a crane over on runway 24. You know, there might be some fireworks going off. And, you know, you just read. It's a part of your normal flight planning procedure. You just check to see if there's anything you might encounter on the way. Um, works well as far as I'm concerned. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a database run by the FAA. And you can see, and it, you know, it's written in pilot code, but it's not that hard. Oh, no, we need to revamp this, John. We need to spend millions of dollars to decrease the overwhelming volume of NOTAMs an airman receives when retrieving airman information prior to a flight in the national airspace system. Make the NOTAMs more specific and relevant to the airman's route, a format that is more usable to the airman. This is such bullcrap. They're perfectly usable. They're very understandable. Provide a full set of NOTAM results in addition to specific information requests by airmen to provide a document that is easily searchable. 
provide a filtering mechanism provided by the Department of Defense notices to airmen, get advice from private sector groups. And then the worst one is the medical certification. So they are going to change the requirements for your medical certificate, which uh, will, of course, include if you're insane or not. So you have to go undergo a psychological test. Uh-huh. Yeah. So goodbye. You're done. Yeah. Forget it. No more flying for you. So I'm uh, sad. <laughs> I'm sad. Hey, you know, uh, I got to change the topic. Okay. Uh, you know, we're we're so uh, here in this United States. We're so <laughs> hold, uh, hold on, John. About, uh, I, I can't take you. you know, I can't take you seriously when you're hydrogen on me. Oh no! You kidding me? <laughs> no, no. Let's reboot it. Can't just say something funny. I'm not. A, why, I, I I have nothing to say that's funny. <laughs> I hung up on him. <laughs> you got nothing to say that's funny. I'm just gonna hang up on you. Let's call him back. How's that? Is that better? <laughs> No, it's worse. It'd be worse. It is. I don't know. Tell JC to stop uploading porn. Hey, JC, stop uploading porn. <laughs> I'll call you. Call me back. You call me back. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> there we go. I think when the you know when Microsoft is now tapping into all the Skype calls, that somehow it diverts some packets or something, and it. Well, do I, how do I sound now? It gets higher every single time you call back. So now I'm really is really bad. Are you stopped the recording for a second? No. I, are you kidding? This is gold. This, this is gold. <laughs> Why would I stop the recording? <laughs> All right. Let's both restart Skype. Then shall we do that? Mm, okay. <laughs> Let me see. I'll uh, play a little anthem while we're waiting for this to boot up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and servants in all lands and all ships at sea. From the east to west, down under to the lowlands and Shit. All right, now back to your regularly scheduled program. Uh, can you do me a favor and play story of the week? Uh, Just for a second. I want to hear the whole thing. No, that's good. That's good. It sounds like a sequel to the movie Home Alone, but this real 11-year-old okay, that's took good. off stop. for quite... Stop, 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 stop. What do you mean? It's a, it's a story of the week. It's a fantastic. I just didn't. I forgot what it was. <laughs> okay. All right. Wow. Thanks. Uh huh. All right. Let's uh, talk about Syria then for a moment here. <clears throat> okay. I got a few Syrian clips that uh, are, are somewhat interesting. I find uh, uh, probably the most interesting uh, of the Syrian clips is not a Syrian clip at all, but it was an. It's a. It's an Iraq clip. Because, you know, they've been uh, Iraq 
They've been they've been uh, bombing the place, mm-hmm. and if you take a look at the BBC had a map of these bombs, and they and they form a, a straight line. Uh, that would be not a pipeline, would it? By any chance? I, I'm guessing that's what it would be. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's a, but there's like 20 of them, and they're all they're all yeah. over the place. They're bombing the pipeline. Duh. Well, you can start. But, but a little background here: play attacks in Iraq, Iraq Part One. Attacks in Iraq, Iraq. Here we go. <laughs> A network of attacks making it the single deadliest day of violence this year. This was Taji, a town 12 miles north of Baghdad. Here, two car bombs went off. Then when the police arrived, another suicide bomb, in all killing more than 40 people. It left local residents feeling unprotected. If we had weapons, we would have defended ourselves, says this man. Where are the authorities? Where are the security forces? Asks another man. This multiple assault looks meticulously and chillingly coordinated. Over 20 separate attacks in more than a dozen towns and cities. Bombs. Gun attacks on checkpoints, even mortar fire on an army base, apparently targeting security forces, but also killing civilians. All right, what's the point? So so a couple of things I want to point out in this is the... no one of them I already forgot, but the, but the the point is is that they're, 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 these things are like lined up, and there was some she had some phrase in there that was kind of bogative. Uh, oh well, never mind. I'm distracted did, by did, this web did you, page. Did you, did you just waste thirty seconds of my day with yes. that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let me. But look. no, that was good background. That's indicating something's going on there, and the, and then you then you can follow that up with Al Qaeda. It turns out. Is doing all this uh, with the with the clip Al Qaeda in now this is a planted story by Russia today to draw attention to the fact that we're not paying any attention to this stuff because of the Syrian bull crap. This is the leading into the Syria exposition. It's former strongholds there. He also threatened the U.S. with attacks. Our Mideast correspondent Paula Sleer has the latest. This is the most deadly attack in at least a year in Iraq. It follows a day yesterday that saw some 17 people killed. In just one incident, some 18 people were killed in one neighborhood. Now, we're hearing from a security personnel spokesperson that the target of these attacks is predominantly security and Iraqi police. It comes just days after a warning by the leader of al-Qaeda in Iraq, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, that he would be retaking strongholds that had been those of al-Qaeda. He would be pushing out the United States and its allies. In an audio recording that was posted online, he said, and I'm quoting, and he was referring here to the United States, you will see Mujahideen at the heart of your country since war has only just begun. Now, these latest developments in Iraq are parallel to what we're seeing unfolding in Syria, but it is interesting that the mainstream media is largely choosing not to report on Iraq to the extent that it is, is reporting on developments in Syria. So the question being asked are firstly, why is Iraq not in the headlines to the extent that Syria is? And secondly, when you look at talk currently on the table about whether or not there should be any kind of interference, any kind of Western outside interference in Syria, it certainly raises our bars. Before you get into that, what was the name of the leader she she mentioned there? Well, the, this is important because people should, you got to get to the uh, wiki page on this guy. Abdu, it? Abdullah al-Rashid al-Baghdadi who's also known as Hamid Dawood Muhammad Khalil al-Zawi, 
and Abu Omar El Kaushi El Baghdadi and Abduhama El Baghdadi. And the <laughs> this guy is a complete fiction. But he's not even listed on Rewards for Justice. Of course, because he doesn't exist. And the, the wiki page ta- discusses this guy. He was a creation. We don't know by whom. He's been supposedly killed two or three times. Oh, this guy. Right, right, uh, right, April right, 8th, right. he was reported killed over the weekend when a joint operation of American <laughs> Iraq, Iraq forces rocketed a home where he was hiding near Takrit. Also was reported killed. His son was also re- killed in attack. Some other phony. His uh, son and 16 others were arrested. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Son, somebody else was killed. His son was arrested with 16 others. He was killed in a safe house six miles southwest of Tikrit and found dead in a hole in the ground inside a house. <laughs> a rocky pri- uh, I mean, this a goes hole. on and on. Iraqi Prime Minister Nauru al-Malaki announced the killing of al-Baghdadi and Ayub al-Masri at a news conference and showed reporters photographs of their bloody corpses. And this goes on and on and on. And then apparently they blew up one of the houses he was in, but somehow managed to get the computer Wait a minute, out. wait a minute. Is it Muhammad Abdullah Khalil Hussein Arayalil? Uh, al- uh, What's his al- name again? Al-Baghdadi. It's B-A-G-H. Uh, Baghdadi? D A D I, as in bag daddy, a eh? bag daddy. daddy. Get <laughs> I'm, it? I'm the he's the I'm the Mac Daddy of the Bag Daddy. <laughs> so this is a this is so Zero the Russians results. are now quoting the guy. <laughs> he's been killed ten times. He doesn't exist, and the, the Russians are using it to distract from the Syrian story. This is unbelievable. It's very funny. He's not even on rewards for justice. Because he doesn't exist. Hello, I, I know, but at least put up a bogative thing. Hey, who's this guy? You know, there's a guy here who's only 500,000 bucks. Who's this guy? <laughs> Kair Mundos. Not worth the trouble. <laughs> he's, he's in the Philippines. Oh, he's not worth it. If half a mil, screw it, that guy. I mean, who's number one? Zawahiri is still 25 mil. That's the big dough. Yeah. Hafiz Mohammed Saeed is 10. Let me see if there's anyone else who's worth getting here. I mean, this guy has a bunch of different names. I like. So the, I, under, I don't think he's on I there like at all. Muhammad, Muhammad Abdullah Khalil Hussan Arayahal. He's in Lebanon. He's from Lebanon. He's uh, he's won for Pan Am Flight seventy three. He's five million bucks. We should get some uh, playing cards with these guys on them. Yeah, where's the playing cards? Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, so that's a little uh, lead in. So please don't pay any attention to Syria, where uh, we Russians have. Uh, you know, like, what is that? Oh, yes, a port and a naval base where we have uh, our stuff and we need the pipelines going through Syria and everything. Please pay no attention to that. Um, but, of course, the BBC and CNN, they're uh, working for the Hillary Clinton program, the Lucifer Clippity Clop program. And I just clipped it. You have to see this report. It's in the show notes, 429er.nashownotes.com. Um, this is a BBC reporter on the ground in Syria. And he, it looks like, I swear to God, it looks like a movie set. And he's talking, the things he's describing, you're not seeing on the screen. Just listen how it, how it starts off. Here are desperate for the rebels to succeed, clamoring for freedom denied by their president. Clamoring for freedom denied by their president. But as the rebels take over this district, many fear what you're really seeing is an Islamic takeover. No, we're really seeing a movie set. Hundreds, perhaps as many as a thousand rebels. So he's standing in a vast 
wasteland, like completely empty, nicely, neatly paved dirt. Fighters have now pushed into this part of Aleppo city. As you can see, they've set up burning barricades to try and protect... This the burning barricade is a campfire, John. I swear to God, there's a campfire. <laughs> the cameraman walks like right almost through the campfire, and he's calling that burning barricades, as you can see. There's like little rocks in a circle, you know, one of those? There's a campfire, and he's calling it burning barricades. This particular district, there's a police headquarters and an intelligence office up the road, and their fear is that reinforcements will head from downtown Aleppo. Now, here's the best part. So then he, he's going to say something. It's, it's unfortunate that it doesn't work uh, you know, in, in a podcast, audio podcast. He's going to talk to you about planes bombing people. And you're going to see a shot of a plane, a fighter jet, and which looks like a MiG, by the way. Um, and you see it flying. It dips down on the horizon behind a building that's in the foreground. Then you hear an explosion. Then it comes back around and it flies without firing anything. But he's going to say that, that they were bombing everything. So you don't actually see it. You, 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 the plane disappears from view. They insert a bomb sound, and the plane flies back, and he's like, oh, they were bombing people on the ground. And listen to the timing, by the way, of how, he, how they accentuate the report with, uh, with gunfire. But even with a tank they'd captured from the army, the fighters are vastly... How awesome is that? <laughs> We got to do that ourselves, man. That, yeah, we need to do perfect. more of that. But even here on the greatest podcast in the universe, ah! we like to play fake BBC reports. Outgunned. But what happened next marked a dramatic escalation. For the first time, fighter jets took to the skies. You only see one, not fighter jets. You just see one. Through the air and strafing the ground. Insert the sound. It's an inserted sound. Just as the plane goes from view behind the building in the foreground. Strafing the ground. A mark of how desperate the government's become. And that's it. Just some AK-47 fire, nothing else. Completely bogative. I'm telling you. I've been in television all my life. This is a beautifully edited package. And your brain, when you see it, goes... But, but really, if you just don't listen to the sound, you see that nothing's happening. Just like one single fighter jet. <laughs> well, I'm remi I have two clips. One of them is... Uh, I just thought it was a nonsense clip. And I, it was either from the BBC or Cats... Cat... Van Cat. Van Cat. It's like Tom Cat, only Van Cat. Van Cat. But, uh, and this would, this is one of the reports that just makes zero sense at all, but they're trying to get people riled up and play shooting Syrians in the back. Characterized by vengeance, exclusion, or exclusive power. And this is what the bombing and fighting has done. Over 1,200 people have died in the last week alone, according to activists, in a war where death seems the only certainty. Ian Panel, BBC News, in Aleppo province. Well, for more on the fast-developing events on the ground in Syria and the U.S. response, I'm joined now from Capitol Hill by Republican Senator Johnny Isaacson from Georgia, who sits on the Foreign Relations Committee. Senator, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Good to the be with you. The Assad regime now using air power against civilians. Is this the tipping point? Is oh! this what could prompt... Tipping point! ...military intervention? 
I think the Assad regime's uh, days are numbered. Uh, they're not only using helicopters, but we understand fixed-wing aircraft as well. Uh, they're actually shooting uh, Syrians who are trying to flee Syria in the back as they try and cross to refugee camps. Now, just let, me, let me jump in here, John. So what you're seeing, right, you see people running around shooting AK-47s indiscriminately, left and, and right. And by the way, there's been 1,200 killed in the last week, according, according to, to activists. activists. Yes. So, but you you don't actually see the planes bombing. This is the same thing that we saw in Libya. You don't see it's the exactly planes. Exactly the same. You don't see the planes thing is bombing. What are they wasting their time shooting Syrians in the back? I mean, what is that? <laughs> That's what the guy said. I know it's so bogative. Okay, so here's the bogative bogative that I saw, which I just I just was an eye roller. It's a double bogey. Played captured Colonel WTF. I, but I have to describe what ha- what you actually see afterwards, and you, you it's just, it, to me, it was a head shaker. Further north towards the Turkish border, rebels say they've seized a military training academy that contains ammunition depots. This video claims to show a pro-Assad colonel who rebels say they captured during that offensive. Across Syria, there's been reports of heavy fighting. Okay, so they get, it says claims to show... A Syrian colonel, mm-hmm. pro-Assad Syrian colonel, right? That's what they said. Yeah. What do you think you saw on the, on the screen? You saw a guy tied up with his head faded out with like a filter. <laughs> what, are they afraid of getting sued? Or what, the guy wouldn't sign the, the document saying it was okay to use his image? He didn't sign I mean, a release. What is the point? He didn't sign a release. <laughs> he didn't sign a release. I mean, the guy's head is like, you know, fuzzed out. Hey, hey, man, did anyone get a release from the actor we hired to be the defected colonel? Oh, crap, man, I forgot. Oh, just blur his face then. <laughs> so I'm looking at this going, what, are you kidding me with this? I wanted to mention one thing. I got a couple of emails, and you and I didn't even pick up on it initially. Remember the report that YouTube is now for their you know freedom channel? They're providing a capability when you upload a video that it blurs out the faces of the dissidents right. involved. Well, the big joke, of course, is that your original source material is right there on on Google servers. Unblurred. Yeah. So this is no safety for you. (laughs) This is no safety for your dissidents. This is actually helping you get your ass thrown somewhere. So, yeah, well, the whole thing's bogus, of course. Now, so CNN and this and Soledad is. Soledad O'Brien, of course, who you know you and I both know and like, she's been all over the place, and she has her morning show, and um, she uh, sets it up for a special guest in the studio. This is a great setup. She has the um, a former general of the Syrian army, uh, who I guess hasn't been there in a while, and uh, but he, he has the voice, everything. He has the look, and there's a couple things going to be be reported in here. One is, you know, Turkey is closing its border, which means this now we're going to have a buffer zone, which is exactly as we predicted. Um, this is all going according to plan, and this is about the um, foreign minister saying, "Hey, we got chemical weapons. If you attack us, we're going to use them." 
And it gets very interesting in part two of the clip. Here's the first part. About what they're looking forward to in the Olympics. So, Christine, thank you. Let's go from the elitist New World Order Olympics to what they're doing on the ground. The violence escalating in Syria this morning. Rebel fighters are preparing to face government troops in Aleppo as the situation is deteriorating. How does she even know that they're getting ready to face government troops? What is like Stratego? Like they got like little things on the board or something? I mean, how does she... It's on the script. Turkey is now closing its borders with that country that's coming to us uh, via state-run TV. International concerns have also increased after Syria's foreign ministry spokesman said the country has chemical weapons and there's fear that they could be used against other countries. Listen. Any stocks of WMD or any unconventional weapon that the Syrian Arab Republic possess would never, would never be used against civilian or against the Syrian people during this crisis. These weapons are meant to be used only and strictly in the event of external aggression against the Syrian Arab Republic. Akhil Hashem is a retired brigadier general who served with the Syrian military for 27 years. It's nice to have you back, sir. Thanks for talking with us. Uh, By the way, the guy, this is, he just comes in between the Taco Bell commercials. Uh, th- this guy is an amazing shill. Is he right? The Syrian foreign ministry spokesperson sort of, I think, in a way, was trying to allay fears about using chemical weapons uh, against civilians and at the same time opened up a big can of worms by, one, admitting that there were chemical weapons and basically threatening. Uh, the neighbors around Syria. Not the neighbors, Soledad, please, not the neighbors, UN. That's what he's talking about. And and we're willing to use them on anybody who would attack us. First of all, on the aspect of using these chemical weapons as a a retaliation for the international and military intervention, this is a big bluff Uh from a military point of view. Big bluff. But the regime can use these uh, chemical weapons anywhere against the Syrian people. Well, let's start with the big bluff part first before we get to Syrian people. The chemical weapons are two things, component and then carriers. Mm -hmm. So if you have uh, components in in barrels or in storage, you need carriers. A delivery system on a missile or something like that. Oh, she is following the script beautifully, isn't she? She's good. Solo that is good. Three. Uh, long-range artillery, missiles, and airplanes. Mm-hmm. The long-range uh, artillery cannot do anything. It's 27 kilometers. So if, if a strike coming from, like, the uh, Gulf uh, or from the Red Sea or from the Mediterranean, okay. what can so, you do? So uh, our brigadier general here downplays it a little bit. But, but this is the interesting thing. In the reports we've seen everywhere, they have already used chemical weapons. You've seen this report, right, John? They've already used chemical weapons on their own people. It's always going to be on their own people. That's the script. What kind of chemical weapons are they? You tell me. Are you ready for a laugh? The brigadier general will explain. Said, do not trust the regime that they could potentially use these chemical weapons against their own people. Why, after 18 months, have they not used them yet? First of all, they already used. They already used. First of all, they already used. They already used. They already used the chemical weapons on on people. Some kind of uh, light chemical weapons. Light chemical weapons. Uh, It's like light beer. Well, here it comes. In the middle, I'm talking about effectiveness. Effective. It's in the middle between tear gas and conventional chemical weapons. It take it makes like a, a, a very effective, harmful result on the skin, on the eyes. It's not like the tear gas. The tear gas. It's pepper spray. It's pepper. It's CS, maybe. It's pepper spray, John. Whatever it is, they did you use worse stuff on the students at Berkeley? That's my point. Is like we might as well say Obama used chemical weapons against his own people. It's pepper spray. 
pepper spray. It's not, it's not like killing people with ricin or nerve gas or anything like that. I've been subject to the tear gas before when I was uh, yeah. tear gas guy, and you know you just wash your uh, eyes uh, thoroughly and then it goes. But they already use something like that. But as a desperate measure, these people can do anything to you can imagine. The crowd. <laughs> yeah. Let me just desperate say. measure. Let me see. Is tear gas considered? A chemical weapon. Come on, Book of Knowledge. Consult the Book of Knowledge. No, it's not. Tear gas is not considered a chemical weapon. Huh. Is pepper spray, pepper spray, considered a chemical weapon? Yes. Huh. There you go. Pepper spray is considered a chemical weapon. In well, here. then they use chemical weapons on the students at Davis. In that fact, one guy with that spray and the guy sitting there. In fact, here's a report. Back with the Occupy Davis video that still has <laughs> no outrage. By now, you've seen it. Peacefully protesting students at the University of California at Davis. Pepper sprayed at point blank range. That's right. That's your president using chemical weapons on his own people. Yeah, and I'm sure we use a lot of CS too, which is a definitely has to show up as a chemical so, weapon. So here's the here's the stuff. Yeah, we're using chemical weapons on the American public. That's right. So uh, this uh, operation in uh, Syria has a name. It has a NATO name, John. Oh, I, yeah, this I did not know. Operation Damascus Volcano. <laughs> <laughs> You know they no. sat in a room with a with a bottle of scotch, don't you? Like, hey man, we're gonna call it. I think we call it some funky, something explosive. Like, uh, I got it, volcano, something. Yeah, ODV, Operation Damascus Volcano. And here's what's not being reported. Remember they blew up the TV studio, right? So the satellite channels, and I wish I had a C band or or some way to receive this. We need to get C-Band in, in our, into the show. We, they, need, uh, we need more doma- donations. Dvorak.org slash NA. I got to get a C-Band dish. That's well, where we're going to get the good stuff. The, satellite, the show will improve by a good 10%. The satellite channels are being hijacked, and they're using the exact same bumpers and openers, and they just have different actors. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's great. Isn't that cool? It is cool. Hold on, let me see. On Friday, July 20th, around 7 p.m., signals began uh, were being sent uh, to the ArabSat and NileSat. The signals mimic those of Syrian television, duplicating both the graphics and the logos. Uh, the programs present patriotic clips. Uh, according to experts, the signals are being sent from Australia, probably from the U.S. National Security Agency base there. Um, so we're doing it. Yeah, of course well, we're I mean, doing they've it. They've isolated who's doing it. I mean, yeah, obviously the rebels aren't doing it. Yeah, it seems unlikely that the French are doing it. Isn't that awesome, though? <laughs> so we're just faking the whole thing? Yeah, we're, we're actually crazy. hijacking the television signals. I think that's fantastic. I have not heard this story. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have, uh, also unreported, we had how many, how many countries... Um, were against the UN resolution, Chapter 7 resolution, to go in and kick some Assadi ass. Two were against it. 
sure you can say two were against it, two vetoed, who had veto power, China and Russia. But what you didn't know and what, it, what isn't reported is that both Pakistan and South Africa abstained from a vote. I didn't know they were on the Security Council. Yeah, they are. Pa- Pakistan? Mm-hmm. No, they got to be there. Let me take a look. Yeah. Uh, and amidst all of this, Turkey is actually out there killing its own people. Um, a Turkish military helicopter went down in the Hakkari province just north of Iraq, which, of course, is where they're killing the, the Kurds. That, of course, is not reported because Turkey good. Turkey good because Turkey has all the pipelines going through it. Turkey good. Turkey good. Turkey good. Turkey not bad. No. Okay, so these guys are temporary members that they end uh, in a year. Yeah, so, but they're still on now, it. Who was the other one you said? Uh, Pakistan and... Uh, was it South Africa? I think it was South Africa. South Africa, they're on it, yeah. yeah. So they, uh, they abstained. So it's not just these two countries who are on the wrong side of history. It's more. I'm surprised Morocco voted. <laughs> Morocco... Yeah, they, they'll do whatever we and tell them Togo. to do. They'll do whatever we tell them to do. Togo, you know, they, they'll do anything because of the sandwich shops they have over the U.S. Former Army commander in uh, Gitmo Nation East says, Britain will find it increasingly difficult to avoid... Yeah, I got the joke. To avoid taking part in action in Syria, Colonel Richard Kemp, who led UK forces... should have got in the morning, at least. Yeah, I'll give you an in the morning. In the morning! Sorry, a little loud. Looks like the UK will, just like Libya, the UK will be sent in, boots on the ground. It's it's the exact same script with the one difference um, that they don't actually want to, they don't even want to make it look like there's some kind of democracy or something being set up by us. They just want to break it all apart. Well, if you if that clip continued, which I didn't, I cut it short, the one where they're talking to this congressperson I've never heard of mm-hmm. on the BBC uh, he said that, you know, we wanted to have the, 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 the damn Chinese and the damn Russians aren't helping us here in this U.N. deal. So we're going to go with some alone. We don't need the U.N. All of a sudden, we, we use the U.N. for an excuse. And now they, you know, we can't get them to go along with the program because it's our program. They don't like it. And it's all against them. And so the Chinese and the Russians are going to be left in the dust. And we're going to keep this propagandistic thing going. This is a, amazing to watch. Oh, it's this is history in the making. And uh, it it is. I mean, it's it it has to happen. It got, it's got to come down. Um, and it'll just be just like Libya. Oh yeah, no, it's exactly the same. Yeah, just this a, one is, big mess. This guy must be shaking his head, going, "What?" The? <laughs> <laughs> one year ago, I was in Vogue magazine. I got Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. I'm driving around to lunch. And then next day, I got Lucifer, Hillary Clinton shooting hellfires at my butt and programming Al Qaeda operatives to blow me up. Yeah. I wonder what he did wrong. Did he cheat at gin rummy or something? No, he 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 did something. He did something really wrong. It, had wrong. To do, it has to do with the Russians and the Chinese. Mm-hmm. Well, did you um, just before we go to break here? The um, the Russians. We've been following uh, uh, F Russia. So this is uh, Senate Bill S one zero three nine. This is the also known as the Magnitsk. Magnitsky Act. Now, Sergei Magnitsky, he was a whistleblower and he was killed by the, uh, uh, I guess, KGB in, uh, in Russia. 
And so now there's this bill, which, of course, is sponsored by our friend John McCain. Uh, it's known as the Sergei Magnitsky Rule of Law Accountability Act. Congress finds the following. The United States supports the people of the Russian Federation in their efforts to realize their full economic potential and advance democracy, human rights, and the rule of law. Then there's a whole bunch of blah 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 about, you know, they should be on board, but they're not really doing the right thing. And um, so essentially, they want to outlaw anyone who was involved with the killing of this whistleblower, which is kind of funny because whistleblowers here in the United States get thrown in jail and deemed uh, immediately guilty by our president. So here is section four. Identification, it's hilarious. Yeah. Identification of persons responsible for the detention, abuse, and death of Sergei Magnitsky and other gross violations of human rights. This is very interesting. So this is the secret gulag list that the Americans are putting are putting together against Russians. Uh, so no later than 120 days from now, the Secretary of State, Hillary Lucifer Clinton, in consultation with the Secretary of the Treasury, Timmy Geithner, will submit the appropriate congressional committees a list of each. What has Geithner got to do with it? Well, it's a list. It's, it's, it's Timmy's list. Timmy and Lucifer's list. Okay, th- this list will determine anyone who is responsible for the detention, abuse, or death of Sergei Magnitsky. By the way, this could you could just replace Sergei Magnitsky with Bradley Manning. Participated in efforts to conceal the legal liability for the detention, abuse, or death of Sergei Magnitsky. Benefited financially from the detention. Uh, is responsible for extrajudicial killings, torture, other gross violations of internationally recognized human rights committed against individuals seeking a to expose illegal activity carried out by the officials of the government of the Russian Federation. That's a whistleblower. B. We have the worst whistleblowing protection since Obama got in in history, but we give a crap about what's going on in Russia. Well, we, yeah, of course we want to put together a gulag list. But listen to this. If you do the following, you will wind up on the list. If uh, if you uh, hold on, I just got to read the language. I want to get it right. Uh, right. If you if you uh, violate someone's human rights against someone who is trying to obtain, exercise, defend, or promote internationally recognized human rights and freedoms, such as here comes your your rights. Freedoms of religion, expression, association, and assembly, and the rights to a fair trial and democratic elections anywhere in the world, or acting as an agent of or on behalf of a person in a matter relating to an activity described in paragraphs one and two. So they can basically put anyone on this list that they want, and the Russians are outraged. They're like, look, we know you don't let people in. You, you got to make a list. Seriously, you got to make a list to, to rub it in our faces. And then the whole thing goes on about uh, about visas. But it's so funny to me that this is about whistleblowers and we throw our whistleblowers in jail. But, you know, here we want to prosecute or Russians. Worse. Yeah, here we're going to prosecute Russians who do exactly the same thing. I, this is obviously this, whatever's going on between us and the Russians, and I've you know it's one a of the new things cold is war. Putin and, and Obama, of course, don't like each other. That's not helping. No, uh, is is getting a little out of control, and and that McCain is such a douchebag that he's involved in this. And what has Geithner got to do with it? Well, he blocks all the money. 
He steals the money. He's the, he's the bag man, you see. He takes the money. That's what he does with every single executive order. He grabs the money. Yeah, he's always grabbing money. Uh, the Assad regime probably has some good money to get. Yeah. You know what we need? We need some of that money. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. What is that piece of crap? It's a Chinese, it's a made in China harmonica. It's a real junker. <laughs> is it plastic? Chris Eisbach in Cheshire, Connecticut. 15510. Here are two nickels on the dime plus $100 as a wedding gift to cover the day rental on the hot next Hot Pockets tour. Thank you. I've got a, I'd love to get a special note to my son, Zachary, who turns eight on July 26th. Please give him some karma with his name so he can make it a ringtone. He loves the karma jingle. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hey, Zachary, we got some karma for You've you. You've got karma. Communication 2020 from Seattle, Washington, $110. No message for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Which is enough message for me. William Bauman in Port Wayneme, 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 Port Wayneme in uh, California, which is, I guess, an Indian tribe name, $101.69. It's a Chumash Indian name, as a matter of fact. Navy base at Port uh, Wayneme, a Navy base in Ventura County, is the home of the Navy Seabees. Pipeline segment rock showed me what was going on. Best Adam and Mickey. The last time I got some consulting karma, a couple of opportunities for my friends emerged. If possible, give all my friends, family, and the Navy CB some karma. Several person friends and family are dealing with some real serious health issues. Thank you. Best of the show. All right. some karma. You've got karma. Michael Morch in Alborg, Denmark, which is where they make a really good uh, gin. $100. Just putting a little money toward the Hot Pockets tour. Thank Budget. you. Since the honeymoon for Mr. and Mrs. Mickey is very deserved, I'm looking <coughs> forward to getting my proper news from you guys since the quad annually distraction fest, that is the Olympics, is about to start. In your previous show, Adam was toying with the idea of getting some PR by making the No Agenda show an Olympic podcast. But I have to side with John and say that once you get your hands dirty by becoming in any way associated with the IOC, no amount of soap will ever be able to get the, them hands clean again. No Agenda show, the best no Olympic podcast in the universe. No Olympic. No Olympic. Please send some karma to my friend Soren Larson and give him a chemtrail since he seems to like that one. Okie dokie. Chemtrails. You've got karma. Matthew Parker in Park Ridge, Illinois says uh, for $100, I donated 50 and asked for house selling karma. We sold the house at a decent price in a bad economy, so I'm doubling down on my donation and sending 100 Keep it up the great work. It's my birthday on July 22nd. 27th. John, please curse whenever you want. If I want whitewashed language, I'll watch Fox or CNN. <laughs> uh, well, let me give him some karma then since he doubled down on it. Yeah, give him some You've more. got karma. Christopher Perry in Rockridge, Maryland, 7777. William Smock. Smock, Smock. In San Diego, California, 75. What's the reference some people will get? 
7505. Wouldn't it be nice to have at least one senator that doesn't wear Depends in California? <laughs> Give me a two to the head for the soon-to-be rebranded MSNBC. I mean, lean forward. Is that what it is? Lean forward and poop. Anonymous in Victoria, B.C., prettiest little town on the West Coast, 7180. Uh, re- Quest John reads this as a gay Indian. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not doing it. First time donor, two-year boner. Requesting de-douching and one-time karma infusion for my first job interview in 18 years. Wow. Seek to break away from one soul-sapping job to slave at another higher-paying job with less stress. Oh, all right. Let's do that one. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Hey, now. Kevin Acosta, New York, New York City. 69-69 as the streak continues yet to end. The game closed once. Once. It came close once about two and a half months ago. A, a 69-69 came in at the very last minute. We only had one. And we have like five today. It's amazing. Many $5 donors have given more than I have in my two donations. So a bit of karma to the long-term five-buck-a-month donors. All the best to the Hot Pockets Tour. Hot Pockets. You've got karma. Rauli, Rauli, uh, Rikama in Helsinki, Finland. Uh, 69.69. Could I have some job, Carmen, Adam? Please bring your Hot Pockets tour to Europe before the war starts. <laughs> I think we have about four years, but yeah, certainly yeah, we're yeah. going to do that before the war You've starts. Got karma. Maybe we should just roll in when we come in to save the day. We'll just roll he in behind. Mention, he does mention that the it's getting expensive to donate because the euro is down. I think it's down to a buck twenty. Yeah, and so we want to remind all our European listeners that Hurry now's up. the time. Hurry up! Yeah, because yeah. it's going to be parody, right, John? That's what you want. Oh yeah. Let me see. Let me see what it is. Actually, ninety-five cents would be great. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, it'll be ninety-five cents by the time we get over there. It'll be well, much, much, much cheaper. Sure. Ruben, I don't. Mine's a mess. I can't see. It's hard. Something Hansen. Uh, hard let to, me, to let be Hansen. I don't know. He's in Bergen, in Hordeland. Can't. I can't read it. Okay, well, Ruben Hansen will go with that. It's 122. Ruben H.D. Hansen from Bergen. It's actually up. It's 122.78. What? Yeah, the, the euro. Oh, it's 122.78 right now? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it popped up because, uh, you know, the, the European Central Bank said, we'll print something. Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> That's a pretty big jump. It is a big jump. It went from uh, 12158 77. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. 777. Anyway, yeah, Ruben says I've been listening from close to a year for close to a year. Now please give me a de-douching and a hey citizen slave karma. I'll try to get plus or minus j- j- something on the value for value eventually. Oh, you, he's going to catch up. Oh, okay, here we go. Wait, did he want a de-douching? Yes, de-douching. Yeah. You've been de-douched. Hey, citizen. You've got <laughs> karma. The harmonica is a nice embellishment. I like it. <laughs> Tim Maine, South Boston, Virginia. 6969, first time donor, short time boner. Enjoys the show. That's what we need. It's a short and succinct yeah. commentary. Sean Cardinal in Saskatoon, the Paris of Canada. Oh. 69 69. 
uh, in the morning, uh, making a stone donation. Hey, man, making a stone donation from Gitmo Toontown. Been boing, ding-dong, boning since 389. Figured it was time to get some get-laid karma since propagating <laughs> the formulas during the last call. Seems to be about as sexy as one of my wicked astronomy rants. <laughs> I also like to give a belated galuka verlajag a shout out to my two bros, Lava D. Pidushi and Durzurin. What? Could I get a karma call out to Sparrow, Herb, and Fern while I'm at it? Who is this guy? Can I get a douchebag call out to the guy who stole my bike behind the dumpster? He probably didn't even keep it. Thanks for all your hard work, dudes. Luca Jig Varjardag is Dutch for happy birthday. Please give Lava P. Ducci and Durs Urin at the birthday segment. Thanks. So it's not on here, is it? He's got a birthday call to someone. Gelukkige verjaardag. Hold on a second. Who is it from? It's going to be from, from Sean. Oh, no, it's all on there. Okay, yeah. Buzzkill Jr. Did we got job. a lot of birthdays today. James Dowling in Cardinia, Western Australia, 6492. New listener from Perth. Can I get a trains good, planes bad? I think he means karma. All aboard, trains good, planes bad. Woo-hoo. You've got karma. Peter Mulroy in Brooklyn, New York. Donation for his dad, Tom Mulroy's birthday. Not exactly sure how old the guy is. But he's really old. You guys offer senior citizen rates on knighthoods? If not, maybe someone could work on creating some neat no-agenda bus pass holders or an AARP membership card holder or maybe even medic alert bracelets. Either way, it needs to be clearly labeled, do not resuscitate slave. Pete the Teach. Do not not resuscitate the slave. <laughs> hey, this is producer Mike who's doing the um the meet the the send-off meetup on Saturday. Michael morning. Molaro in Austin, Texas. Uh, 5555. Haven't heard anyone say this yet, but many of us are thinking it. John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry, you guys are heroes. You have gone from being my source of news and entertainment to being what I believe is the cure to all news world nonsense. Oh, new world nonsense. Unfortunately, I think the slaves need to wake up a lot faster than I thought. I can hardly keep up with the madness anymore since the importance of the Cracker Jack and Beetlebub. Know the value for value impossible is know that value for value is impossible. $55 cannot set a lamestream media brainwashed mind free. Only heroes can. Please convince my donor fiance, Jane, that Joker Holmes is an (laughs) MK Ultra patsy. Lady James thinks I've gone off the deep end and won't let me talk about the conspiracies anymore. And as you both know, that leaves me with very little to talk about. (laughs) So uh, Jane and uh, Mike came over July 4th. Um, and hung out here. We just had like you know, a little barbecue and uh, got drunk in the pool. She's smoking, by the way, as in hot. Uh, Jane, hear my voice. MK Ultra for sure. Come on over. I'll feed you some drinks and I'll explain it all to you again. And let Mike talk. Mike uh, needs a D boner and a slide whistle whistle over a D douching. Okay. <laughs> You've been deduced. You've got karma. See you Saturday, Mike and Jane. Mike and Jane. Sounds like a name of a novel. 
Elise Garling Jewelry in Sunnyside, New York, 5555. I'd like to give my awesome brother, Eon. Ian. I always say Eon. That's because Eon, and I'm getting why. Some painting the house karma uh, and a pure a Pura Vida. Birthday shout out to Chachi Luna. You've got karma. <laughs> Excuse me. People are speaking in riddles to me. Joseph Costello, double nickels on the dime from Pittston, Pennsylvania. He uh, once sent out a special lucky brain power karma to his daughter, Megan, who is taking the PA bar exam, Pennsylvania bar, bar exam, this Tuesday and Wednesday. Great. Yeah, that's what we need. More lawyers. Excellent. You've got maybe karma. She'll be a good maybe she'll be a good lawyer. Work for us. Frederick Engenskeen, <clears throat> 55. John Vale in Pennsburg, Pennsylvania. There's a lot of things that always sound like Pittsburgh, but they're not quite. 53. James B. Mann, Ryan Ringgold, uh, Louisiana. $50.05. Palindrome. Uh, John slash Adam. Great Gomert slash Lucy Clip in 428. Birthday shout out to my daughter, Jill. 21 today. <clears throat> and a Hey Citizen donating is loving. Climate Karma Gate for me, if you please. Jeez. Hold on a second. Do we still have that one? Hey Citizen, donating no, I, is loving. I don't I haven't yeah, seen I that. I got that. So he, he wants Hey Citizen, donating is loving, Karma Gate, Climate okay. Gate, uh, Gate Gate, Climate Gate, Karma. Uh, okay. Hey Citizen, Why? because donating is love. <laughs> what was the next piece? <laughs> oh, Climate Gate. Uh, here we go. You've got karma. <laughs> Philip Smith in Boxborough, Massachusetts. Hey, wait a minute. The, hot, the hotline's ringing, John. It's the program director. <laughs> hey, man. These guys you guys got to cut off the jingle shit, man. Come on. I'll take you off the air, bitch. Okay. That would be the show if we actually did it commercially. <laughs> yeah. We would be off the air. We'd, be, we'd been off the air a year ago, two years ago. Philip Smith, Boxborough, Massachusetts, fifty dollars. Like to request a shot of generic karma, just something to smooth the road ahead. I also like to call up my good friend Ranger Steve as a boner douchebag. Douchebag. He did a great deed of turning me on to the greatest podcast in the universe, but has yet to donate a dime. Wow. You've got karma. BNA Computers in Hartford, South Dakota, Bob. Uh, need karma bad. Two weeks ago, my wife had a miscarriage and almost died. Oh. Then a few days later, she was turned out for a new promotion. She was going for that everyone she worked with, she said, would get because she wasn't happy enough during the interview. She got she got screwed. Yeah. What a crock. I don't really have the money. Computer repair has been real slow, but I figure what the heck if someone needs karma is my wife. I love her a lot. I'm glad she's still by my side. Oh, uh... Oh, folder and love. Oh, oh, folder and love the hair. Yeah, he's a folder, not a scruncher. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. All okay. right. Okay. This is for your baby, your, your your wifey. There. You've got karma. Let us know how it goes. Aha. Daniel says in Spring, Texas. Um, fifty bucks. Use the fifty bucks. I promise. If he said my name correctly, which he did. <laughs> oh. I like guys who come through with their songs. So cool. I'm going back to call him Daniel Sens. <laughs> yeah, do it wrong now. Yeah, you know, he's probably done. <clears throat> uh, good man. Andrew yeah. Seuss. Uh, or 
or as he calls himself, Kaiser Sose. Uh, Melbourne, Victoria, $50. And finally, Mike Burntsen in Bettendorf, Iowa, $50. I want to thank them and all the other uh, people who donated lesser amounts, and there's a substantial number. I want to thank everybody who helps us out on this show. Go to Dvorak.org slash NA and get on the bandwagon, please. We need uh, all the help we can get to continue doing this. Yes, and we do. And there's an expensive money-losing tour coming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this this season is uh, so far is going to be money losing. Um, yeah, you're going to you're in the sparse part of the country. Nobody's around, yeah. and you last time you're going up and down the east coast, the eastern seaboard, which is huge centers of population. I yeah. think the only town you're going to hit that's got more than a few people is Denver. So uh, go to itm.im slash tour zero nine oh nine. Uh, it goes to Facebook page, but that's Miss Mickey's world. But she is uh, producing everything once again. By the way, this is no small feat what she does. Are you going to go to Oklahoma City or not? Yes, uh, we're going to Oklahoma City, and then we're going to uh, Topeka. And uh, the reason why we're going to Topeka is because my great uncle John Stewart Curry did all the murals in the state capitol there. Um, oh, are you? That means you're going to stop in Kansas City. Yes. Yes. Are you going to stop in Kansas City, Missouri, or Kansas City, Kansas? Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas. What's wrong with Kansas City, Missouri? That they got all the uh, barbecue places there, uh, uh, dude. We Most are, of the barbecue we eat out here on the West Coast stems from the style yeah, done in yeah, Kansas City, Austin Missouri. barbecue is the best everywhere, anyway. So, um, we're going to uh, That's so we're, bull crap. we're going to Denver, Sun Valley. Um, we're definitely doing Boise. Uh, Miss Mickey is is all over this. I mean, of course, now people start to crop up and like, oh, well, come over here, come over here. Um, I, I spent another couple hundred bucks yesterday. I had Ramon the Valley Rat um, check out the truck. And um, pretty much everything checks out. Um, my hydraulic, my, the power steering pump may be on the way out, but, you know, he thinks we'll make it. <laughs> this is reassuring. <laughs> uh, tomorrow we're picking up uh, the Microlite trailer. I've uh, actually had to purchase a couple of items uh, for the studio, because you know, last time I just had the Mac, and it was you know, it's very challenging when you do it all on one computer. So I got two screens and a stand, so that's really nice. So it's going to be better than last time, hopefully. Uh, but I'm also taking along, you know, I got a, I'm building a little box here with a mixer and a compressor, and not not doing it on software, but having external devices because we can basically set up the the trailer. And, you know, last time we had to fly to Virginia first, right, to Baroness Maggie. Um, and so I couldn't take all that stuff. So we're going to build it all up tomorrow. Then tomorrow night, hopefully you're around, John. I'd love to do a test broadcast. Are you around? Uh, tomorrow night? Yeah, Friday night. I mean, come on. Like you're going somewhere? You got the hookers coming over. <laughs> we'll put them on. <laughs> well, hold on a second. In the morning. Go, Johnny. I love that. We'll get, uh, yeah, we can do something. Actually, we can just do a, a mini, like a bonus 10-minute show that we can send out in the next newsletter. Oh, there's a good idea. Yeah, we'll yeah. do a little, a little mini bonus show. Right, it'll only be on the, for the newsletter re- recipients. So we won't publish it? No. we got to get the newsletter. It's important that people, you know, keep up with what we're doing. The newsletter is a short little so thing, you can only, so you Sometimes can, it's So longer. you can only get it if you're a subscriber to the newsletter. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so the, in the show notes, uh, 429.nashownotes.com is where you can find the link to uh, sign up for the newsletter. That's a good idea. Um, so, yes, we do need your support. Also, I think I'm going to get about five miles to the gallon. Uh, <laughs> it won't be much better than that. Well, so, keep tabs on it because I'd be interested in what mileage you actually do get. Yeah, I will. Absolutely. Well, um, 
I just have to mark it now. Right now, the truck is at 178,000 miles. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Chris Eisbach congratulates his son, Zachary, turns eight today. Happy birthday, Zach. Hope you like your ringtone. Matthew Park congratulates himself. He is celebrating tomorrow, the start of the Olympics. John Cardinals is happy birthday to Lava Pete Douchey Durst Urin. And is, uh, we have Peter Mulroy, who uh, says happy birthday to his dad, Tom Mulroy. Please don't resuscitate the slave. Elise Garling congratulates Chachi Luna. And James B. Mann says happy birthday to his daughter, Jill. She turned 21 yesterday. Send pictures. It's your birthday, yeah. And no knighthoods to report today, unfortunately. No. So we've got a war on everything these days, John. We, uh, of course, have... uh, Well, I I have a couple ones. We already did the war on ammo. We've got that one. Uh, There is a war on food. And this is a very interesting uh, report. Is this the war on chicken? No, not the war on chicken. Well, that's food. No, but there's no war on chicken today. We have a war on food. This is uh, the Monsanto-sponsored problems with corn. Uh, the price of corn is, uh, what is it now, doubled? It's like it's out of control. Yeah, it's going to go up that, uh, a lot. And here's what's so interesting is because, of course, everyone says, well, you know, food prices are going to go through the roof. Yeah, but what you're calling food is not food. All that crap you buy in the supermarket based on corn, that's not actual food. We still go to the market. We're still not even able to spend $200 per week, and we have enough food from the market here in Austin. Um, the farmer's market. The farmer's market. But go into any uh, supermarket, any big box supermarket, and I just realized this the other day. You come in and there's the fresh produce section, which it could all be genetically modified. Who knows? But there's the... It's all tasteless, by the way. Yeah. Uh, And it looks beautiful and looks perfect. And it's very, very small in the corner, usually when you come into the left. This, by the way, is how, you know, there's a a format to supermarkets. I I once knew a girl who um, uh, did this for McKenzie. You know, they steal each other's ideas. But there's a format for how you walk through. It's very sophisticated. There's a lot of research goes into this. So every single supermarket, the fresh produce is always in the door to the left. Because you're not supposed to go there. And then just look at all the aisles. I disagree with that because I've studied this myself. And there are plenty of supermarkets that take a different approach. And they put the, the produce on the right and make you walk through it to get to the rest of the store. Oh, what? give me one example. I can give you 20 examples. There's plenty of them. People out there all know they've been to these stores. I would like our producers to report in where their produce sections are. Yes, please do. Add him at curry.com and tell him that he's, this is not true, that they're all, a lot of them are on the left buried. But I've got, I'd say, for example, on the, uh, at the Andronico's here, the, the produce section, you have to walk through it. To, you have to actually walk right through I'm it. I'm talking but, about big box slave supermarkets. What's Andronico? I've never even heard of an Andronico. It's a big box slave supermarket really? that's overpriced. There's a, uh, you don't know half the chains around. I'm not talking about the overpriced ones. I'm talking about the slave supermarket. Yeah, Safeway. 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 I haven't been, I don't go to Safeway much anymore, so I can't tell you where the produce is. Anyway. Food Max. Food Max, I believe, which is a real big box. We'll find out. Everyone has their, but that's not the point. The point is it's small. 
It's a small section with real food. And the rest is just rows and rows of packaged boxes of corn. So learn to cook. Learn to cook. Seriously. That's where you was going with this? That's where I'm going. But there is a, uh, a new... Now, I love this. We had first we had the war on cigarettes, on tobacco in New York City. And everyone was like, "Yeah, get those damn smokers. They can't sm- the, Don't forget the war on soda. Hold on, hold on. Soda. That's number 2. Well, first we get the war the war on on tobacco. Can't smoke in the park, can't you have to go, you know, to go in the into the sewer system to smoke. And everyone was like, hey, 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 screw those. <laughs> then we got the, the war on soda. Hey, screw all the fatties. Hey, they don't need that. And now, New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg's health department is drafting up a survey for residents that contains a lot of questions about alcohol consumption. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're coming for your booze. (laughs) My turn to laugh, bitches. Here it comes. New York City is is soaked in alcohol because you don't have to drive. Yeah, but they're going to start, I don't know, limiting you. You get in a cab. And you go home, and you, they drop you off, and you can drink all you want. You don't have to worry about getting picked up for a DUI. It's a great place to drink. Yeah, well, no more. Why? Just because you're a slave of the New World Order. You got to shut up, slave. Shut up, slave. Don't drink, don't smoke. Just take your meds. Oh, where's that one? That's what we need. Here we go. So there's a huge debate raging in uh, in the media, at least in the mainstream media in Gitmo Nation East in the UK about uh, the uh, it being morally wrong, morally wrong. This is what the finance minister said to pay your plumber in cash. And this is a uh, what? Oh, yeah. This is a, this is a big, big, big conversation. So uh, the Treasury Minister, David Gawk has said, if you have a tradesman come over, you know, like a plumber or a handyman or anybody or someone cleaning your home, and you pay them cash, that is, quote, morally wrong. Because, of course, of course, by doing that, you are uh, uh, evading VAT, and it's likely that that person will not report that income. You have to run it through the system. So uh, I would say uh, we have Spain and Italy now all limiting cash transactions. Uh, The United Kingdom is next. And we'll get that here in the United States as well, by the way. It will happen. We'll fight it, but it will happen. Um, I would say yes to that. Yeah. But uh, you can't just do this. You can't just be talking about it. You know, you can't just say it'll be morally wrong and, you know, and call people out. You have to make it sexy. You got to make digital money sexy. And Visa has come up with something that is just, it is beautiful. This reminds me of the don't resuscitate the slave bracelet. Something called, and I have a commercial here, the citizen card. Hello, I'm Lily. Last year, I told you all about my classic citizen card. Government recognized photo ID, past proof of age, Lealta discounts, and all for just £15. But now, Citizen Card's got even better. This is my Visa prepaid Citizen Card. 
What? <laughs> this is my Visa citizen card. Hey, citizen. citizen. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, citizen, show your citizen card. Brought to you by Visa. <laughs> Unbelievable. It goes on forever. I love it. I love it's it. everything I need on one bit of plastic. It's everything I need on one bit of plastic. I can even use it as a prophylactic. Um, by the way, listen to how poorly edited the music track is. It jumps all over the place. Proof of ID, proof of age, and proof I can pay. Because the visa sign means I can use it almost anywhere around the world. It's great proof of ID, proof of citizenship, and I can use it as, as, as fake money. Even in the Olympic Village. Even in the Olympic Village to buy some overpriced approved logo products. And I can shop online and get cash when I need it. Oh. It's a prepaid card, so I can only spend what I load. Because it's chip and pin, the money is safe as soon as it's reported lost. And I'm completely trackable. Stolen. So it's a safe alternative to cash. My card is perfect when I'm out and about. I use it to prove my age when I'm buying alcohol in a supermarket. <laughs> How awesome is this? We need the citizen this is card. This the national ID card that we keep talking about in the U.S. of A. Yeah. Yeah, they've got Visa. it there, and they, yeah, they made it also a money card. Somehow, Visa got his got into the act. Perfect. These guys are so smart. It's the citizen card from Visa. It's your ID. It's your picture ID. It's your oh, and it's your money. Everything you need on a piece of plastic. Wow! It goes on. You want to hear more? No, I I think we've heard enough. Okay. So that, of course, is the uh, the war on cash. That's a disgusting story. I was You'd almost get clip of the week for that one. <laughs> That's all right. So I got an interesting kind of a thing. I just, why? I said, what? You know, we've been, we've, this country has been, had this grudge against Cuba for since when? 1956? 1957, yeah, uh, yeah, We've cut them off. You know, we hate them. But apparently, listen to this. To tell me if you know anything about this. Red, re, uh, play dead Cuban dissident. Uh. Ready? Part Oops. one. Yeah, yeah, hold on a second. Uh, part one? It doesn't say part one. No, it, right. Top Cuban dissident Oswaldo Paya has died in a car crash on Sunday. He was traveling in the eastern Cuban province of Granma when the crash occurred, the details of which are unknown. His death at 60 comes as a huge blow to the pro-democracy movement in Cuba. Without a doubt, Oswaldo Paya was the most relevant figure of the political opposition against the totalitarian regime of the Castro brothers. Hmm. Have you ever heard of this guy? Never. We're so anti-Cuban, we don't even know anything about this guy. So play clip two, it makes it even more weird. Catholic Paya was sent to a labor camp in the 1960s for his beliefs. Overcoming intimidation, he built Cuba's first nationwide opposition movement. His efforts led to two nominations for the Nobel Peace Prize and was awarded the Sakharov Prize for Freedom of Thought in 2002. So, so this guy, <laughs> by the way, he didn't get the Nobel Peace Prize. Obama did. Right. Because Obama's the epitome, the epitomizes the peace, P, world peace. The peace president. But anyway, so uh, I, I, I've been listening to the story going, why? I mean, this is, we don't cover it. We don't care. The whole Cuban thing is a scam of some epic proportions. And we don't even, we don't give, apparently give a crap. Although we go through all this trouble to blockade them and do all the rest of it. It's just, it's baffling. I guess we just want them to be taken over by the Canadians. They're buying up the place, you know. You know, uh, it's a mess up there in Montreal. Have you been following that? Oh, I'm sorry. It's not on television, is it? 
No, it hasn't been. No, of course Huge not. Huge protest. Huge. I mean, like, you know, the cops are, the, the, the protesters are so, the, the numbers are so vast that the cops can't even handle it. They're just, they're just walking backwards. It's huge. Well, there's another thing that's very not being covered well, which is the poor Greek girl who, by the way, is quite attractive, that oh. was kicked out of the Olympics, and then they make her, they associate her in the story with the right wingers in, in Greece. Oh, jeez! And uh, because she tweeted, she tweeted the wrong politically incorrect commentary. Yeah. And if doping wasn't a problem, social media is is causing a bit of an issue. The uh, one of the Greek athletes suspended for racist tweets. This is Vula Papakristou. She's a triple jumper from Greece, not expected to medal. She's 23 years old and she took to Twitter to express support for a far-right party. And she also made a comment that was deemed racist. Here's what she said. She said, with so many Africans in Greece, at least mosquitoes on the West Nile will be able to eat homemade food. Not surprisingly, there was a backlash. She deleted the tweet what? and she's since apologized. That's not racist. What? I don't even, it's even actually obscure to get the joke. It's not even a joke. How can that be racist? <laughs> she got banned. She made the complaint. She said, all I've ever wanted to do is go to the Olympics. And so now they call her a right-wing nut and a racist, and they kicked her <sighs> off the team. I'm t you know, this is just like, uh, you know, Bruce Springsteen was playing in, uh, in England, and they, uh, they shut him down. Because, you know, they have a curfew. He was out in the park, I guess, uh, Hyde Park. Yeah, when, and that's when uh, McCartney came up and they were playing together. Right. They pulled the plug. They pulled the plug. So Steve Van Sant. Well, I actually know. He lived in the building uh, next door in uh, New York, uh, Little Steven. He tweeted the following. We break curfews in every country, but only English cops need to punish us by not letting us leave until the entire cr crowd goes. But seriously, when did England become a police state? And then he went out and he apologized for doing that. No. Uh-huh. Shut up, slave. That's right. He says, uh, sorry. So sorry I did this. The point I was trying to make clumsily, as the attempt may have Sounds been. Sounds succinct and on the, on the spot on to me. What is it? What, how, how's that clumsy? Well, be, well, because someone came up and said, uh, hey, little Steven. <laughs> Take it back, bitch. I mean, this is Steve Van Sant of The Sopranos. And he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call it a police state. It is a police state. When did it happen? It happened when the first CCTV camera got put in place. That place is, I lived there for five years, 100% police state. You were right on. And then you had to go and backpedal? Poor. Very, very Poor. There's a lot of this you, you can't say anymore. It's really getting bad. It's getting terrible. They, it really yeah, is. Yeah, and of course, these, these social networks don't help because people are encouraged to kind of make commentary. It, and it, then the, the, the innocuous commentary becomes like, ah, oh, you're a racist right winger. Take her <sighs> off the team. Yeah. And then she apologized, of course. Of course. Because she wants to go to the Olympics. Yeah, so sorry, but she didn't get back on the team. She screwed. Mm. I suppose if she blows one of the guys of the committee, she'll get up back on the team. That'll do it. Okay. <laughs> Let me just check the box explicit in iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> so That's the one uh, way of doing it. It'll work. So Alsterman Report published part two of the uh, Military Insider. 
And I like this a lot. Um, and here's what they're saying in a nutshell. That Remember, this is the uh, Obama has to get reelected by any means possible. Remember, he also talked about Leo Girard. Leo Girard is kind of the uberman of all unions around the world. And according to the military insider and the Wall Street insider, the script that is now being run on America is the exact same script that was run on Brazil, the exact, uh, the exact same script that is being run on um, Botswana, and most importantly, Argentina. And as specifically as it pertains to Nestor Kirchner, and the and the, who was uh, president up until 2007, he died suspiciously, I might say. He got a cold, and then his wife Christina Fernandez took over. He died from a cold. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's exactly what it's, it's like. It is like it was not. It had a, a sniffle. And the way it works is this: uh, the trade unions overtake the government. And then everyone becomes completely dependent upon the government. And if you look at the parallels between Argentina and what is happening here, it, I have to say, wow, it is really spot on. And no mistake, by the way, that uh, Michelle Obama uh, went to Botswana. Remember she just went and took a trip to Africa? Remember that? Yeah. She just to Botswana? Why? That was... She's just going to check on the progress of the of the script? No, Leo Gerard made her do it. For what? Yeah, to... Show uh, uh, how it works? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Here's how we do hey, it. You go to Botswana and check it out. Talk to my friend Bill. And this, of course, is um, Valerie Jarrett, who, uh, who is the direct operative of uh, Leo Gerard. Uh, but it's very interesting when you look at the parallels. Let me see. I think I... Uh, Kirshner of Argentina, came into office on the tail of a deep, deep economic crisis, country which had once call, equaled Europe in levels of prosperity, considered itself a bulwark of European culture. Uh, it was uh, laden with debt. He subsequently blamed everything on the previous administration. <laughs> and, then, and then basically had the trade, trade unions take over. And we know that President Obama is run by the unions. And well, every, the unions in conjunction with Big Pharma. Well, okay, they're just they're just bagmen because they just want to make some dough. But I thought it was very interesting, and we need to. Well, of course, if the script plays out completely, then Obama would get the sniffles, and Michelle would become president. Yes, which is not possible, of course. Well, she could become. She could be elected. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think it's very interesting to look at the parallels, and I'm going to keep my eye on it. I thought that was just, you know, I, I don't think the, these guys can't be making this up. This is pretty good stuff. Yeah, I've been reading that thing on and off, and I, you really, the guy's either the best fiction writer in the world or he's really in there. What happened to Ava Perron? I don't really understand the story. Because was she there before them? Was she the ones that. Uh... No, she was the one who was very popular. Mm-hmm. She was a, she was a, uh, you, you have to read, there's a lot of uh, biographies of her and there's some good stuff. Just read the Wikipedia thing, you'll get it. Uh, she was, a, she was an, uh, like took over from an evil dictator and became worse. 
But he, so, her, her corpse is on tour. Is it? Yeah. Huh, I was hoping they put Lennon on tour before they put her on tour. Here, three years after Ava Perón's death in 52, <clears throat> her embalmed corpse disappeared, removed by the Argentinian military in the wake of the coup that deposed her husband, Juan Perón. It then went on an international odyssey lasting nearly two decades before it arrived back in Buenos Aires in 1974. Um, but so she's on tour. You can go and see Who's her. Who's her opening act? <laughs> It was one of those guys we droned, Al Zawari. I just thought yeah, that was that, that was fascinating. So I have a long clip that's the story of the week, and oh. I've been trying to figure out. It hasn't been played up much because I think I think it's going to be played. I think we're going to see more of this type of story, but it's all done. This was out of England, and this is done. You talking about police states? This is done, I believe, to to make uh, to push their uh, airport security more toward our airport security. So it's just you know really get them to hammer. People. And, and what did this air on? What uh... this I believe I think this was on the BBC. And this is a kid, a stowaway story that is just fascinating. You can just see the elements. It's a long clip because they get they got to beat it up and, and give all the elements of what needs to be improved. But play this and tell me what you think. It sounds like a sequel to the movie Home Alone, but this real 11-year-old took off for quite an adventure. The young boy got on an airplane at Manchester Airport, headed for Rome without a boarding pass ticket or passport. It begs the question of how. Well, that's exactly what authorities are now trying to piece together. Some staff have been suspended, and the airline jet, too, is scrambling for an explanation. Danny Savage reports. When a Jet 2 flight took off from here in Manchester yesterday, nobody realised an 11-year-old boy had sneaked on board, minus a ticket and passport. The flight was well on its way to Italy when the crew realised they had a boy in a seat heading to Rome alone. He blended in with a family in departures and now questions are being asked about security here. The boy was mixed in with a large number of children and other family members. Clearly our staff didn't count the right number of children versus the right number of boarding cards. Just round the corner from here is the first of several security checks that the boy managed to get past without any travel documents. But once airside, he also got past Jet 2 staff at the boarding gate and those on the door of the aircraft. But once on board, there was no head count, so he wasn't noticed before takeoff. One of the things that we are doing now on all our flights is to do a head count on, uh, on, the, on board the aircraft. And we've also doubled our passport check at the gate. The boy was last seen by his mum in a shopping centre not far from the airport. But he was next seen on the aircraft heading to Rome before being flown back last night. Quite how a child managed to walk through so much security and onto a flight will now be investigated thoroughly. Danny Savage, BBC News, Manchester. Awesome. Yeah, we got to ramp up that security. And what kills me, though, I mean, the story itself is quite humorous. The guy, the little kid, is a little kid with his mom at the mall, decides out of the blue. I'm going to hop on that plane. <laughs> to go to the airport. airport. Get on some plane to Rome. This is bull crap. This is a total it's gotta bull, be. bull crap story. Well, so let me take you. It's to get, it's to ramp up security. Yes. And let me take you from 
that directly to the TSA. Remember, remember how um, uh, David E. Kelly uh, did this several times. You know, of course, everything you see on television, even what what we think is news, is all scripted um, programming. Remember when David E. Kelly had uh, Boston Legal and Ally McBeal, and and he would have the characters meet each other in the shows, like the shows would intertwine. Yeah, he would do the, the, the. He wasn't the first guy to do that, but a number of people would make shows intertwine with other shows. So we have exactly the same thing happening now with two production companies. <laughs> one, one big one, the pharmaceutical industry, uh, who produce a lot of fiction, uh, and our uh, Department of Homeland Security intertwining scripts in the most brilliant way. It's the gym, the security checkpoint at the airport, places where we are often in bare feet. You may not give it a second thought when you take off your socks and shoes, but some experts are saying you should. Dangerous bacteria can be lurking in these public places, and they could hitch a ride home. Wait, what kind of bacteria do you think it is? You're never going to guess. Well, I mean, uh, Horowitz, by the way, complains about this bitterly. And then there's a couple of things to first comment on. One, I don't know about you, but I don't take off my socks. I don't. No, no, no. But these, the, what we're talking but, about but here. The back to, let's get back to that, because there are some people who are roaming around barefooted. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, the only possibility is if there was if it was in a wet environment, you could get a fungus infection. That would be that's also known as ath- athlete's foot. That would that would be it. <laughs> Pretty much. On your you can feet. honk me all you want. I'm just telling you. That's a fact. <laughs> okay, okay. What is it? Of course, Nikki Kimbleton reveals these hot spots for germs and why you're urged to be careful. Well, we took samples from several places where people go without their shoes. We let them grow inside of a Petri dish. And what we found was gross, surprising, and scary. With a national sales job, Barbara travels nearly every week. Since she's a frequent flyer, she's learned to make travel easier. And one way, wearing flats that are easy to slip off through security. I would never thought anything like this would happen. Wearing flats at the airport is, you know, the most comfortable way to travel. But a few months ago, Barbara noticed some spots on her feet. They turned out to be warts, caused by coming into contact with the human papillomavirus. She's so embarrassed oh, about it, no. she doesn't want to... HPV! No, HPV! no, no. <laughs> the TSA face on camera and where her doctor says she likely got the warts someplace she went barefoot the only place she could think of going through airport security I love it so we've got the TSA and HPV now working together and you know that they're just sitting there drinking and 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 kissing hookers laughing about this (laughs) look what we did we're so awesome so well, that definitely is a gem of pu- public uh, relations product placement. Yeah, you, you will now need a shot. It's a, it's a 10. You will now need a shot to go through the TSA because you don't want to catch HPV on no, your no, foot. Let me, so, <laughs> and by the way, you can get ovarian cancer if you're into certain kinky types of sex from, you know, from your foot. It's crazy. So then we... It's bull crap. Of course it's bull crap. I mean, it's beyond bull crap. Warts <laughs> from the from the airport. Well, and now Horowitz will have something else to complain about. So then we had the big uh, AIDS uh, celebration. 
Uh, Elton John, Lucifer, Hillary, Clippity Clop, everybody was there. You know, oh, it was all fantastic. Woo, but uh, it just coincidentally timed. We have a report. International group urges prompt HIV treatment for all. For all, I tell you. An international group of scientists on Sunday called for all adults who test positive for HIV to be treated with antiretroviral drugs right away, rather than waiting for their immune systems to weaken. So this was the International Antiviral Society. This, by the way, John, according to the report, is an international group of scientists. So I uh, looked them up. And uh, hold on, my pad is stuck again. And uh, this is a, uh, it's a little outfit at the Utah State University. <laughs> this is the International Group of Scientists. Uh, I'm reading directly from Form 990. They only uh, collected $260,000 uh, in 2010. Very, very small group. Uh, but what is their entire mission in life? Uh, to, and for reading from the forum, to sponsor yearly conferences on antiviral research, provide information through newsletters, emails, and website, sponsor travel awards to graduate students, postdocs, and young investigators, sponsor awards for outstanding research. So um, the only thing they spend their money on is provide information to members, potential members, i.e. recruitment, and other interested individuals on the society and its activities on its annual antiviral research conference and other related conferences. So they have a website, which I would like I, you to look at. I, 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 I can make a, a money bet on this one. Oh, I yeah. bet that that 250000 <laughs> balloons for the fiscal year 2012... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. Go, to, uh, go, find, go find the website... Okay, what is it? Um, hold on, I have it in here. It is... Oh, let me open it up. IASUSA.org. IASUSA.org. That's a $17 million website. Current Funders is the so, page you want to go. Gilead Sciences... Oh, Jansen Therapeutics. That's the guys who make the, uh, the, the, yeah. the, the cocktail. Yeah, Bristol Myers Squibb, Merck & Co. Yeah, that's going to be a lot IIV. more than 250000 this year. Vertex Pharmaceuticals, Abbott, Abbott Laboratories. I wonder <laughs> who the PR agency was that planted that bullcrap story. It, it, right in time for the big AIDS celebration. Yeah. Um, I think the better story was on the alternative media, and I believe it may have been Democracy Now!, which, which during the AIDS controversy played, uh, uh, this was a very small piece of clip here, DC and HIV AIDS. She says there's a strong link between the spread of HIV and incarceration. One study found that three out of four of DC's African-American men will spend time in prison at some point in their lives. <laughs> Once he comes home from prison, he's more likely to have engaged with sex, have sex with the individual women that are going to be in his neighborhood, <laughs> in his network of friends. The woman has probably also been in relationship with another guy who now may be away and in prison. So it's kind of this transfer that goes on. I encourage you again to watch the documentary House of Numbers to learn more about the HIV epidemic 
there and and where it comes from and how it can be halted. And by the way, well, but besides that, by the way, the, the fact that nobody says jack about 75% of all the blacks males in DC have been in jail. Yeah, how's that, that you're right. Once or more? Wow. Yeah, nobody said I mean this that. is like that to me is a story. I mean it's like what? Wow. And your president, by the way, is black for all you blacks that are living in D.C. And uh, what has he done for you? It's really, it's, uh, this, uh, I, I don't want to change the topic from this, this conference where I, you know, Hillary was. But it just seems that this, uh, this uh, incarceration story needs to be, we need to beat, beat it up more. I uh, just want to hit a couple other vaccine stories. Um, great news. A single pill could treat Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and multiple sclerosis. I can't wait for that one. But the best story comes from England. DEFRA, which is the Department of uh, like Farms and Agricultural thing. DEFRA. Yeah, D-E-F-R-A. It's the Department... Department for Environment, Food, and Rural Affairs. There you go. <laughs> Tuberculosis. Here's the headline: Tuberculosis in Britain is spreading through the suburbs. Where is it coming from? Well, according to a DEFRA official, <laughs> cats are spreading it to humans. <laughs> <Cats>. <laughs> it's the war against cats. <laughs> We've gone insane, ladies and gentlemen. We've officially, officially gone insane. But the most insane thing I will be watching tomorrow for sure is the opening ceremony of the Olympics. You're actually going to do you're going to sink to that level. I have to see it because this is going to be so full of Illuminati New World Order symbolism. It's I mean, they have got they got like Stonehenge crap flying around. They got uh, what's the big festival um, with that big mound, that sacred mound? The I, um, I don't know sacred mound the sacred mound festival Lady Gaga concert <laughs> the sacred mound where you two always performs it's the sacred mound festival uh, festival UK U two what is it uh, someone in the chat room will know they've got the cauldron Glastonbury oh they've got the cauldron that's going to be lit. I mean, they've got their pyramids everywhere. And then Big Ben is going to ring its bell for three minutes nonstop at 12 minutes. Actually, it's, it's more than three minutes. Between 8, 8, yeah, it is 8.12 and 8.15 a.m. What is that? Why? I mean, Big Ben, listen to the numbers. Big Ben will strike 42 times. We know that that, that is yep, magic number. Magic number. Between 8.12 and 8.15, which is magic number three, because it's three, on July 27th, 7.27, 14, to mark the start of the Olympics. <clears throat> hmm. I mean, what happened like eight? Eight o'clock shop. Tally who? No, man, let's do it at 8.12. Hey. Something hmm. going on. It's all. Uh, it's definitely. All, uh, there's definitely code in there. All symbolism. I mean, it has to be code. And they Why have, else would you do it at eight twelve? And they have a huge harmonized bell 
in the uh, in the stadium, <clears throat> whatever that means. What's a harmonized bell? I have no idea. It means one is not off key, I guess. I don't know. Harmonized bell. That's also going to ring. And then you will turn around and eat your neighbor. I don't know. Something. <laughs> this is not good. The whole ear. The world's largest harmonized bell. Oh, ooh, 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 it has an inscription. Hold on a second. This is great. Uh, where is it? Be not af- be not afeared. The aisle is full of noises. Wow. The ceremony. No. That's what's on the bell. Be not afeared. The aisle is full of noises. This is kind of interesting. Peter in the Bible. Uh, I guess it's chapter 3, 8 through 12. So you have your 3, you got your 8, yeah, 12. Yeah. Ooh. Gave instructions on submission and suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, slave! <laughs> Possibly that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be watching. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be watching getting programmed. Of course, it, since I'm aware and awake, they, they won't be able to do it, but I'll be able to catch it. They're also using some secret device. To keep the ceremony on track, the International Olympic Committee Executive Director for the Games, Gilbert Felly, wouldn't say what the device was as it is pertinent to the ceremony and is wrapped in secrecy. However, he said it would discourage athletes to keep up a regular pace and discourage them from stopping to take, take pictures and delaying the proceedings. It's probably a taser. <laughs> yeah, don't you think it's a taser? It's a secret device. And if they're too slow on walking around the stadium, the secret device will make them walk faster. I think it's a tasing. It's a cattle prong. More troops being deployed at the London Olympics, even more. An extra 1,200 troops will be deployed to protect key venues following the scandal. We already have an extra 18,000 coming in, so now they're bringing another 1,200. It's not, still not enough. And uh, let's see, was there anything else? The logo police. Well, you know, uh, I have one last clip then. All right. Uh, Greenland's melted. Tell me if you can find the discrepancy in this story about... Greenland apparently melted over the weekend because of a heat wave. Our health and science editor, John Fowler, reports what that melting means and also shows us new ways to predict it. Wow. This week's dramatic glacier collapse and tsunami, apparently triggered by the same heat wave that stunned NASA scientists. Satellite images show Greenland July 8th, white solid ice, 40% is pink, melted. Just four days later, 97% melted. Scientists say that's unprecedented in the modern era, but not hard to understand. So with climate change, the risk of rare events such as heat waves has changed. Increased. And in fact, increased because it's warmer. Lawrence Berkeley Lab climate scientist Michael Weiner says July 16th, a slab of Greenland's Peterman Glacier twice the size of Manhattan broke off. Some people are nervous. The world's changing. 
people melting away. <laughs> we human beings are probably part of the cause. The amount of water locked up in the Greenland ice sheets is truly astonishing. Scientists say if it were all to melt, sea levels around the globe would rise more than 20 feet taller than that sculpture. Imagine what that would mean for coastal cities. Wait a minute. Did we ha- how many percent of ice do they have? Well, apparently, if you listen to that report early on in the report, they said 97% of it melted. So yeah. we should have the sea level should have gone up 20 feet by the basis of the last part of the report. It's, yeah. <laughs> Why? How come it hasn't? <laughs> yeah. There was and by a- the way, did you catch the little uh, neuro-linguistic thing in there where the guy's starting to yak and then the reporter's actually giving him his lines? No, I didn't catch that. Uh, it's, you can't, you'll never find it again, but believe me, the guy's saying, well, the, the guy says... He says uh, increased. Oh, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, he says, well, you know, the, the t- temperatures changed, increased. Increased. Why so they came, in, came why, in twice. Why is yeah. the ice pink? I don't know. Because of all the, sam- the salmon frozen in it? We're all going to die. The sea level's going up <laughs> 20 feet. Not an inch. 20 feet. <laughs> Anyway, just so you know, the loss of the Arctic sea ice, 70% man-made. According to a, a new computer-based simulation known as Atlantic Multi-Decadal Oscillation. <laughs> as long as you give it a great name, it's true. Known as AMO. Atlantic Multi-Decadal Oscillation. 30, uh, there you go, 70% of, uh, of that is due to us. Okay. And uh, finally, on the Agenda 21 front, since we're talking about it, the USDA has just announced the People's Gardens. This was a part of the S50, S510 Food Safety Act. Um, the um, USDA would like you to register your People's Garden. It's cool. Why? So they can come and burn it, obviously. Everyone, everyone, they want people to register their gardens, and they got a you know, nice little eighteen million dollar website with the uh, with a Google map, and of course the stupid slaves like, oh yes, I've got my tomatoes right here. Come and spray them and kill me. Pub, <laughs> telling you, it's about it. You should go look at it. Pubinfo.usda.gov/garden. It's unbelievable. Let me see if any Texas slaves put anything in there. Stupid Texas slaves. Please don't tell me that. Uh, 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 uh. Let me see. Garden location, city. Let's well, try. The drones, you know, are going to be able to identify unregistered gardens. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's that? You have an unregistered garden, slave? Let me see if anything's in Austin. Processing your map request. One. <laughs> Who's the sucker? <laughs> Oh, Baranoff Elementary School Garden. Of course. People in Texas are not stupid. Now let's look at Berkeley. Is it Berkeley? B-E-R-K-E-L-E-Y. Let's look at Berkeley. Let me see. Berkeley. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. You're stupid slaves. Good slaves. <laughs> That's Berkeley. Free thinkers. Shut up, slaves. <laughs> Freethinkers. Awesome. All right, Friday we'll have our uh, special uh, show. So we stream. We have to stream it because part of the test is the stream. 
but it'll be only for uh, chat room lovers. And uh, by the way, in the morning to your chat room, forgot to say hi. And uh, for uh, people who join the mail list or who are already on the mail list. And then uh, on Sunday, we'll be coming to you from Dallas, Tejas, uh, from producer Dave Koss's uh, compound. And uh, remember us, big trip coming up, coming out your way. Not a lot of slaves could use all the help we can get. $95 a day for the trailer and probably, uh, what if we do 500 miles? Probably another 100 bucks a day for gasoline, so... Anything you could do to help would be appreciated. And thank you to all of our monthly donors, our executive producers and associate executive producers. I'm here at the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, my name's Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's still foggy since the beginning of the morning, I'm John C. Dvorak. And we'll talk to you on Sunday right here on No Agenda. I do believe there is a serious mental illness there. Shut up, slave! Dvorak.org slash N-A